0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to the June 19th edition of Rubber Guard Radio. I'm your host, KZ. Our first segment is brought to you by WrestleWarehouse.com. Uh, if you need Lucha Libre masks, DVDs, WWE swag, all kinds of different shit, uh, SoCal Pro Wrestling DVDs, I highly recommend any show from this this year. Uh, we're going to have Adam Pierce on in the second hour. Adam's been tearing shit up in San Diego. The, the hell with his Ring of Honor stuff. He's been tearing it up in San Diego. Um, I've compared him on the air and, and in person to... Harley Race, as far as the Touring Champion. Uh, Once again, WrestleWarehouse.com and our other sponsor, FogCityWrestling.com. July 5th, they'll be debuting in a new building, uh, Kizar Pavilion in San Francisco. They will be having autograph sessions with Nick Bockwinkle and Jimmy Superfly Snuka. Not enough for
2: the bullshit. Buddy, welcome to Rubber Guard. How you doing, brother? How come you never said, like, I was like Harley Race or anything like that? (laughs) Well...
1: Honestly, I, I think that Adam's the closest thing now to
2: that type of tough touring champion. That's good. I, d- I don't know the guy, but if, yeah, if you can compare him to Harley Race, that's a positive. So
1: Awesome. Good. Well, for uh, those that are listening, I have uh, Pacific Northwest, not Oregon, Pacific Northwest Independent, superstar, veteran, legend, Mr. Buddy Wayne. I'm going to start off just from the top here. Buddy, who is your favorite opponent? Who have you had the
2: most fun in the ring with? Oh, man. Rip Rogers, probably. I mean, I've had uh, – I mean, there's like a, there's always a, hand, uh, a handful of guys. I think anybody can say this. Uh, it, a handful of guys that you just click with. You know, like uh, Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express. You know I mean? Uh, Flair Steamboat. Not saying I'm on that level, but I'm just saying you click with right. Rip Rip Rogers. Because I learned everything from him, and I was just telling him I just I just walked in from training the guy right now, and uh, uh, I was just telling him I said 88 uh, uh, was the first time I met Rip, and I, I'd seen him as a kid in Portland, and he he was coming from a, an all Japan tour, and he was started the tour he started the, the summer for Emile Dupree a two week two weeks uh, late, and he walked in I remember just going like oh my I was like I'm mar- marking out, but I'm like oh my god dude he's a Rip Rogers here you know. And uh, I come from Vancouver, uh, and, and and Oregon, and doing shows for three years, and then being with him and and Ma, and, and Masachono, another one was awesome, and and I was with Bob Brown, and getting with guys like that, and and getting to work with them every night, and just and going, oh my god, and and learning stuff, and and but the thing with uh, the thing with Rip was was it. When the when the match ended, if he liked you, he would he would tell you what you did right, what you did wrong, and if you wanted to listen, he he he'd stay up all night with you and and, and tell you why and explain explain this business to. And he did that with me, and and he'd go, uh, what are you doing tonight? And we'd be like in a, in a, in a close town, 30 minutes away. And I would go, oh, we're heading to the to the club down the road. And he goes, okay, go grab go grab your beer and come back over here. And I'd be, oh, okay, rep. And I just grab a six pack of fucking uh, Labatts, and and he's in the apartment next to me, and I sit there all night and just it's like like they always say sitting under the learning tree, exactly. And just listen and just like oh my you know this guy has worked every ter every territory there was and with the best and and this this guy he's getting no money he's you know to sit here and do this with me he could be asleep right now or what you know and he sitting there and just tell me what I did right what I did wrong with this, that, that, you know, and, and which I would never, I'd never knew because when, when I was working for Al Tomko, we were working six nights a week, but when the match was over, it was over. You know, it, was, it wasn't it was like guys would tell you necessarily right or wrong, or they even knew right or wrong. It was more like, oh, let's go out, you know, and, and okay, next town, let's go, you know. So I'd, I'd say Rip, uh, this guy Eddie Watts out of Winnipeg. Oh, yeah. Uh, Fucking unbelievable. Me and him just, we clicked, man. We just, we had great matches. Is
1: Eddie still around?
2: Is he still working? He called me. Matter of fact, he came in 2004. They did a Raw in, they might have did two nights in Tacoma, Raw and SmackDown or something in Tacoma. He had came and he called my house and I was um, in Vegas. I got married. And he called, so I got the answer machine. I'm like, "Oh my god!" He kept leaving me his number. Kept leaving his number. Finally, I got a hold of him, and I said, "Eddie, my god, I, we're just flying back from Vegas. Where are you?" And he goes, "I'm in, in uh, British Columbia right now." He goes, "I'm working a show here, a show in Saskatchewan. I'm driving back to Winnipeg." And he goes, "Well, I'll see you down the line." That was it. I'll see you down the line. I'm like, uh, "He doesn't. What an awesome guy!" I don't know. I don't know what he's doing now. He, um, his, his, his. his whole family there was like the ranching business cattle, you know, and I know he did, he did that shit. He owned a ton of, of cattle, you know, they'd raise them and then they sell them as they got bigger and stuff like that. And he's, did up. Did Eddie ever catch a break
1: anywhere other than, you know, the death tours and, you know, and working up in the Northwest and in, in uh,
2: Western Canada. No, but see to us, that was a break though. You know what I mean? True. When you're talking, when you're talking 85, 86, Vincent Man was in WWF. I mean, sure you saw Hogan and do this thing with Mr. T and Piper, and you knew okay that was great. But there was the territory. There was still uh, Portland. There was still uh, there was still Vancouver. There there was still uh, I think Montreal. Stampede it was yeah. what's that? Stampede was going. Down. Oh yeah, Stampede. I'm sorry, Stampede I mean, was still running. That was uh, that
1: was you know the big time as far as you know on that side of the
2: continent. I mean, that yeah. was you know New York of the of the West Coast. Yeah, You know, the it best, the best still, came out of there. There was all that stuff in Kansas City and, and uh, in San Antonio and, and, and Dallas and, and Continental and Alabama. And then there was Florida. And there was, it was so much stuff going on. Those were breaks. If you got in the territory, it was a break. Because there was, in reality, there was 8 to 12 guys on the road every night. And if you, if you cracked that lineup, you, that was a break, you know. Mm. I had um,
1: a few weeks ago. I had Michael Modest on the show, and he kind of disappeared from the scene for a couple years. And he, you know, he resurfaced, and he's my favorite independent worker yeah. heel babyface ever. And and he said something to me on the show that that really stuck. Is that he figured out he's not going to make it for WCW, WWE, or, uh-huh. or anything else. So he wants to call himself say, "I make a living. This is my trade." Yeah that's being successful as far as he's concerned. And, you know, the kids that you have coming in and out of the doors of the school, you know, yeah. oh, I want to be in WWE! Shit, dude, you want to fucking work and
2: make a living at this. Never mind fucking working in New York.
1: Yeah, it's not about that.
2: No, you, you just, want, you just want, to, you want to fucking get on a show. You want to, you want to get on a show, and not just because I got you on the show, but be asked back the next time, you know, they'll do it one time for me as a favor. But the second time, you got to have some skills and 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 get on and and uh, to get on the next show or get on other shows, or, you know. Send whatever, whatever it takes. Send a picture out or, or call a promoter. There's a guy who runs the other side of the mountains, I guess, and the other side of the mountains here from where I'm at, you know. And and uh, um, get on his shows or get on. Uh, there's a bunch of shows in Oregon, you know, and get on those shows. You got to have talent to do that, you know. And 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 I. You can go so far, but town you you gotta step up at some point. So, and I love Mike, man. I love. I was there. I I was there. Me and Buddy Rose were on a show for Jerry Monty, and we were in Clear Lake, California. And I want to say this is was, was, 90- was that the Ray Mysterio show? Um, uh, Ray Mysterio Senior. Uh, it was Junior. One of Junior's first trips up here. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't remember. I just remember there was eight million guys in the dressing room, and the place was packed. It was. It was on the other. It was on. You know, the tourist side of Clear Lake. Mm-hmm. There's a tourist side, and then there was. I guess there's the other side where stuff is, and it was one of these buildings. It was a fairgrounds type place, and it was me and Buddy Rose worked Jerry Monty and uh, and uh, Ricky Thompson, and I remember going out for the first match, and they said, this is this guy's first match, and it was Mike Modest. It was Mike Modest, and uh, I can't remember his, his opponent's name. But then, man, probably six months later, I got my, I, my first WWF TV, uh, got to do jobs on TV, and it was in Sacramento. And I showed in Sacramento, and it was me and Ed Moretti, and then every, 20 guys were brought in by Bill Anderson, and, and, uh, and Mike Modest was one of them. And I remember seeing Mike, I'm like, oh, my God, you know. He and, had the worst uh, hair. Yeah, yeah, and, and he, you know what, and, and, and I love Mike. I love Mike to death, and and they, they told him he didn't have the right look or something, or he's too small. He had to let one of the Beverly brothers, I think, borrow his boots or something like that that night. But they, they, he still got paid, but they wouldn't use him. But, but that's Billy Anderson's thing. He'd bring, you know, 20 fucking guys in. He'd get 35 bucks a night off them, and regardless if they worked or not. And, and they got paid. And they wouldn't use him. And I remember thinking, wow. And I, I, never, I never really heard from it. And I think the next thing I heard from Mike, he called me out of the blue about the, uh, God, the Urban Wrestling League or some urban, they, yeah, some, urban somebody on, yeah. on BT was starting a wrestling show. And and he goes, God, man, do you want to be a part of this? And I said, well, I'm white. I'm sure, but what else? You know, and he goes, Be
1: So Yeah, he goes, he goes,
2: Well, you're, you're not Mexican, or you're not? And I said, uh, No. Oh, well, I'll see. And I said, and I gave him Semito's Cimito, number, who's legit small, you know, and I said, Well, here's Semito's number, but. I'm, Mike, I'm sorry, I'm white, I just got a, a good tan, that's it. So, but I love Mike. I love Mike Modest to death, man, and, and uh, a hard worker. And I saw his match on, on uh, it might have been Nitro or, or Thunder, one of those shows. I remember the night with Chris Daniels. Oh, and, really? Uh, match. It was, yeah, really. and I, just, I, just, I was like, if they don't sign this this guy right this this guy right here was, was better than, than three-quarters of the roster already, you know? Mm-hmm. And he had that work ethic and... and Still does. idiot. Yeah, yeah. Still sorry. does. Still in great shape. Yeah. Still a masterful technician,
1: and he's a hell of a trainer. Yeah. Look who we spit out, Vic Grimes, who's, you know, whether you like the hardcore shit or not, Vic is a nut, and he's a bump machine. Spike right. Dudley, um, uh, Crash Holly, Donovan Morgan. He spit out all these guys. Wow. And you know, he's a hell of a trainer. Huh. Um, when when eventually we decide to. To run a Rubber Guard Radio special show down here in the Bay Area, we're gonna to have to have you and Mike in the ring.
2: Oh, I um, love it! I love it. That would be my per-
1: a personal dream match of mine.
2: And please tell him um, hi for me if you see him. I don't oh, know what he's. I don't. I don't know what he's doing now or anything like that. But oh, he's um, back! He's back! He was up in the up in the woods in Redding, up north wow. there in
1: California, and he said, "Fuck this! I'm moving back." And he couldn't have moved back at a better time because our scene out here in San Francisco is blowing up.
2: Good. So Good there them. are
1: so many companies out here. But enough of that crap. We're, we're, we're here to talk about Buddy. Ugh. Now, we know that, that you've done TV stuff for, for WWF. Yeah. Um, what
2: was your favorite TV match that you were in? Um, Shawn Michaels.
3: Mm.
2: I, I worked with Shawn Michaels right at, I, I want to say, 93, maybe 92. Mm. Mm. I'm, I'm a little sketchy here, but um, it was right, I think, I think he was the Intercontinental Champion, and they just turned him heel, and he won the belt. Um, but the house was a shit, and L- they just brought Luger in. So whatever year that was, they they brought Luger in as a narcissist. Ninety-two. Was it ninety-two? Yeah. So
3: 92.
2: Um, I got to work with him. Um, that's I mean, not not like a Mark thing or nothing like that, but the guy was so easy and just so you know. Do the you know? Hey, you want to do this? You want, you want to one do this? One of the top something.
1: five best ever in the yeah that, yeah you know
2: <laughs> and got you to go off with them and you
1: can't rank number one two three four and five but you can say he's in the top five.
2: Oh yeah 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 no doubt he he was easy but I mean and and I think one the TV before I would wrestled Scott Hall Razor Ramon and I'm standing there with this is fun this is funny this is he was Shawn Michaels came up to me cause we were on the chalkboard thing working each other and I had a dark match that night with Louis Spicoli mm-hmm. and he goes hey I, I had some ideas and I said can I just get back to you I have to work with Louis and I like brushed him off like who the fuck was I but I was like hey I gotta work with Louis here um, can I get back to you after I get done with this he goes, yeah he's like cool you know okay I was like Then later on, I think, what a dick move, like, who was I, I you know, I should have said, sure, tell me what you want to do, but, uh, I worked with Louie that night, and then went out and worked with Sean, he was just, fucking, guy is so light, so easy, so, you know, just talking, just, you blah, 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 and then, you know, you got it, you remember this, yep, boom, boom, let's go, let's go, and I'd worked, anyways, I'd worked the night before with Scott Hall, and, and, and Scott Hall put me, you know, was fucking awesome, and, and, uh, so I worked with Sean and Scott and came up and goes he this guy can do anything just do whatever so he got me in kind of there you know so he he's probably my favorite he's probably cool. A hey buddy you want to take a call yeah yeah cool all righty caller welcome to Rubber
1: Guard Radio who am I speaking with uh, Matt what's going on brother uh nothing much uh I was just wondering what do you guys think why won't
0: WWE like use their Intercontinental and U.S. titles I mean it's like practically
2: never defended. It's a really good question. What do you think, buddy? I don't. Who, I don't know who is it. Who's the champion? <laughs> exactly. Uh,
0: yeah. Exactly. Matt Hardy and Chris Jericho. But you think they'd use them oh. to like develop some people?
2: I think. Yeah. I mean, they they could. They could. But I don't know. They just. They don't they defend don't, them. Yeah, they have to put them on I mean, di- different shows, I, I, and I don't know.
1: I flipped on Raw on Monday. Okay, yeah. I just happen to flip it on, and Jericho's coming down to the ring for his match, and he's not wearing the fucking belt. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. That
2: something right there. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, Unbelievable. And, that, and he doesn't do it because he he didn't want to. They they, probably, they tell him uh, don't don't wear it out there, so mm-hmm. it, it doesn't mean nothing, you know. I always turn on and and, and I'll see I, I see. Um, uh, Bob Holly and and uh, and um, Cody, Rhodes. Cody Rhodes and and they're standing in the ring and okay and then they go here's the tag team champions and I'm like ain't holding belts and there's no they just stand in the ring I'm like I don't get it
1: Unbelievable.
2: so you have another question the- there brother
1: uh, I, don't, I don't really can I hang around here cool thanks for calling in yeah. all right well
2: that was a kind of interesting question. I really, I have no, I man, I have no idea. I can't even, I can't even stay awake to the end of. I, I try to watch Raw, and I swear to God, I get to ten, and my son falls asleep, and I'm barely trying to stay awake. And it doesn't matter who's on last. I'm like, ah, oh, God, you know. I just, I don't watch. Yeah, I, can't I hope I make it. No, I hope I catch something good and ECW. I can't. I just never watch that. And. um, um like, tonight I'll try to watch, um, uh, what's it called, TNA, TNA. Sure. but, it, it, you know, I sort of got to get an hour in, It's I got a headache, and it's like, you know, they're doing a million things, and then it's Friday, like
1: yeah, yeah, exactly, Friday,
2: I'll, I'll, I'll get on, uh, uh, the figure four wrestling site and try to see, you know, like, who was, who was on the, uh, uh, who's on the show, and I'll, if if I see like Finley or something like that, okay, I'll 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 stay to watch his thing. If not, pff, I I don't miss it. So,
1: mm.
2: all right. Well, we're we're going to go back to uh to Vancouver. Um,
1: who were uh other than Eddie Watts? Um, did you have any major programs with anybody when you were working for Al Tomco? When I when I first when I first
2: came in, I probably had three matches, and and. This guy, I uh, this guy had worked in in Oregon. This, this a guy running outlaw shows from Don Owens, running you know like, sh- you know back then, running shows in Don Owens territory. So this guy who was on the show had worked for for uh, Al Tomko, and he would saw me, and he would put a word into Al. He didn't tell me. I would wrestled a Saturday night in Sandy, Oregon. And Sunday morning, Al Tomko called me, and you know, when I was 17. And I was like, oh, my God. And he goes, "Uh, hey, can you make TV Monday and Tuesday? And I had school. And I was like, "Uh, yeah. And he goes, okay, just come to my house. He gave me directions. I'll take you across the border, blah, blah, blah. Went up there and just put me in with the best guy. You know, but I just basically did jobs, you know, on on TV. I I worked Saturday nights at the um, fairgrounds. And then the best thing he ever did Al Tomko, the best thing he ever did for me was he said, I like you. I want you to go on the road as a ref. So for probably six months I went on the road as a referee. So five nights a week I'd referee the best guy you know, the the, the guys have been around forever and, and uh I'd referee their matches, you know, Tim Flowers, Ed Moretti, uh get to the referee their matches and watch how they set things up and and uh Finally, his son, who was uh, – his son Terry, who was my age, was re- ready to start working, and he thought, put us together. So we put us together, and then we started just doing doing stuff. But, but Al's thing had – you know, Al had a great TV show – not show, but he had a great slot. You know, like it went uh, went everywhere, But but it wasn't that good. And so we got to work with some good guys, but – Nothing major. Well, there were some,
1: some really good guys up there. and You know, I've, I've seen some of the footage, and, you know, that, that's some pretty good stuff. So after, after you, you left, well, okay, let's say, how, how did you leave Tomco?
2: I just left. I didn't even you tell did him. Got up and gone. We, 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 we had a two-week tour, and, and uh, we were in northern Canada. Where do you have to take the ferry? Mm -hmm. And it was, like, on the, the, um, I can't think of the islands, way up, I mean, past Prince George. And it was, like, a two-week thing. You were just on the road, Terrace. You were just on the loop. And uh, I had came back, and Eddie Watts wasn't on the road with us. And Eddie goes, I got us. I I called Emile Dupree. I had no idea who he was. And he goes, he wants to talk to us. And he goes, "Um, Sunday morning. So Sunday morning he calls us. And and uh, he goes, send me a picture. We sent him a picture. And he goes, um, I'm looking for another rocker, like a rock and roll gimmick. Are you interested? I said, hell yeah. And uh, he goes, okay, you start uh, June 1st. And um, so we just worked all Al's days because I thought, uh, if, I, I thought and, and it was probably right, if I told Al, he would leave me off the shows. So I, I worked the shows, and then... We got in the car at one point and left. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> we just left. So just got up and
1: went. Yep. Wow, unbelievable. Right. Yeah. So well, I'm I'm gonna mention a name and and I'd like any any stories from your, Mr. Vern Siebert.
2: Vern was awesome. Oh, he was awesome. Vern was awesome. God, I worked with him a lot. He uh, <clears throat> good guy. You know, easy. Never hurt ya. Um,
1: ah, uh, just a good guy, really good guy. So, yeah. I've I've never heard anybody out about all the old timers that I've run across, you know, out here in San Francisco. Um, nobody has ever said a bad thing about Vern. No,
2: no, never. nice guy, funny, you know, just oh, you know, good guy. E very easy, very easy to work with. Yeah. So, you no, know, he kept he
1: kept going. You know, yep. after, after working, he kept going as a ref. And, yep. you know, and, and, you know guys, guys nowadays, you know, those that, that are quote-unquote not big enough or they can't quite get it, they quit and instead yeah. of say, hey, could I learn to manage? Yeah, Could I learn to referee? Because yeah. there are three guys in that ring. Yeah. You know, that referee yep. is important too. Yep. You know, he's got to be deaf, dumb, and blind, but he's still yep. a part, part of the story. Yeah, um, and any referees that you've been in the ring with that have just knocked your socks off at their work? I mean, other than other than other than Mr. Young, Tommy Young.
2: Um, I mean, because he's on a level of his own. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, always like, uh, oh man, like guys that didn't get in the way or fuck up a count or anything. Yeah, like uh, um, uh, this guy in the Maritimes, uh, Bernie Richard. Awesome. Awesome. Um, uh, What's the guy? God, the guy, he's dead now. Randy Anderson. um, Nick Patrick. Just guys like that. Just stay out of the way. All all those guys, good guys. Okay, for uh, those that are listening,
1: um, if you're interested in getting any footage of uh, Al Tomko's uh, promotion you can go to Vicious Vern's A1 Wrestling Videos. Got to plug Vern. You can go there. Yep. You, can, uh, you can find a whole lot of Buddy, Buddy Wayne footage there. It uh, would be www.a1wrestlingvideos.com. Um, I'm not sure if Vern's going to DVD yet, but you can pick it up on VHS. Um, there's a Best of Buddy Wayne DVD. That is on there. Uh, it's all stuff from Tomco. You get to see Buddy in his rock and roll
2: gimmick, which is pretty harsh. Well, you got to start somewhere, but <laughs> you do. You do. <laughs> no, no, Burns guy. He's awesome. He's awesome. So, all right.
1: Well, we're going. To, we can't go any further without mentioning
2: Colonel De Beers. Colonel. Give me a, yep.
1: give me a good Ed story. Oh,
2: uh, okay. I'll give you one. Um, we we were on some shows. This guy oh. from Montreal. <laughs> was loaded and he ran sports car sports vet international or something like you know, high-end cars sold them anyways you want to run uh, two shows he brought the uh, uh the bushwhackers um god who else valentine jim neidhart um me colonel bad news allen um just he just l loaded card anyways we uh we it was a room was me and uh me and colonel and buddy buddy rose were a, a room and uh I picked up a girl that night and we went to back to the room and uh i watched colonel um anally violator with a buddy's hairbrush okay. oh so, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Is that what you're looking for? No. Uh, that's a little much. I, I was. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, he was awesome. He was awesome.
1: No, buddy, you're
2: fucking up my eye, dude. Sorry. The hell, that man. Is... I know. I know. Sorry. <laughs> no, but that, that—that's—that's that's Colonel. You know, God, that was wow. Colonel. So. that's Ed.
1: Well, you—you you said that you made a—you made a shot down here in Clear Lake. Um, did you work any other indies out here?
2: Yeah. Yeah. All Me me and Buddy worked all Jerry Monty's shows. We worked, um, uh, Wairika, um, Clear Lake, uh, oh, Calusa, mm-hmm. um, uh, I can't remember all the names of the towns, but we worked all of them. We were, worked him and Ricky all the time, and, and, um, I think Mike was on the shows all the time, and, and, uh. Oh it was good times, good times, so Yeah, that was that was the good stuff. Um Yeah.
1: I mean you, you can't go wrong with, with Jerry Money and, and uh Rick Thompson because both of those guys were Michael Modest's first trainers. Yeah, yeah. And, um
2: Jerry was know, awesome.
1: You know, Jerry God, was, was awesome. Great. And you know, more than, you know, the the T V stuff, he was a yeah. great T V guy where he made guys look good. Yep. But if you see him not in that type of a setting, yep. you know, going 20, he was just top-notch. He was just a few inches too fucking short.
2: And yep. it's a shame. Yep. You
1: know, and that's yep. the same goes for Ricky, Ricky Thompson. I yep. mean, Ricky
2: was awesome. Yep. You know, yep. Ricky's,
1: yep. Ricky's boy, Robert, is, you know, is, is great, too. You know, they're,
2: they're huh. just amazing. Wow. Uh,
1: have you ever run into a Woody Farmer? No. No? Okay. No. Because Because... Um, Jerry Jerry Monty had a school, and it was in the same building as Woody Farmers. oh wow, kind of weird,
2: yeah, <laughs>
1: it's kind of strange. two wrestling schools right next to each other, yeah, and I, and this was before you know they were all over and yeah, and everybody um, oh, I brought up wrestling schools um it doesn't matter you know if you if you're in a a very large building or or if you're in a garage or whatever, um, it doesn't matter where you're training, nope. who you're training with. Yep. Um, Shiloh Mount, one of your first students, Yep. Well, obviously, you know, people have heard, people have seen him in OVW and, and DCW down there yep. in Louisville. Yep, um, yep. He picked it up quick. Yep.
2: Let's put the kid over. He did great. 13, he's here 13 months. And, uh just, he, he, he went, he, you know, at first he was scared, kind of scared, and then about six months in, just, he just hit it, you know, boom, he do anything, and I, he, I just worked uh, a show with him last Friday in Portland, he came back for a weekend, and, uh, um, he's so good, just so good, you know, so, yeah, fuck, he do a great job, and, and I'm proud of him, and, What's the word out of Louisville? great, they love him. Love him. He he uh he he goes to uh to the uh intermediate class with rep Rogers and then uh he goes also to uh the beginners with uh Joey uh Matthews and, and um Dinsmore. Dinsmore, yeah. yeah. And uh they love him. Love him. So he's doing great. Guys doing great. Awesome so yeah.
1: awesome yeah great guy see so you can uh, you can actually get footage of young Shiloh uh, derbycitywrestling.com or com. yeah uh,
2: yeah
1: you can get uh, DVDs or um, you can actually stream it online if I remember yeah. right yep yep but, uh, go out of your way to get that stuff um, yep I personally think that their product is better now that the developmental guys are gone
3: me
2: too
1: me too um, because now the kids that are there, you know, they're hungry. Yep. You know, they're yep. starving, you know, yep. and they're working for everything they got. Yep. And yep. those developmental kids are so fucking spoiled. Yep. Imagine what you could have done, you know, paid $500 a week, yep. going train. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah,
2: yeah. If I could have yep. had that
1: deal, I would have fucking continued working. and.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yep. And instead of quitting on the first day.
2: No, they, they're... They... They got it good now, and they and they they appreciate it more, you know. Like, hey, we got to make it out of here. So, exactly. They're all good guys. Exactly. That's cool. <laughs>
1: so, um, do you have any kids, you know, on the horizon that are that are ready to, uh, you know, leave the you know leave the school and and go out and sneak attack uh, Apostle Paul down there in Portland?
2: No, Paul's it, and he it, Paul Paul's it. He's ready right now. 22 years old he's he's so ready he's 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 afraid of that he's not ready but he is you know he's way ready so Paul's it Paul's the man so when's when's he going to move to Louisville and move into Charlotte's place so, uh, hopefully soon he keeps talking about it and I, i'm working with him uh uh saturday night and uh um i said dude you're ready so Hopefully soon. It's good. Hopefully soon. Six one, probably about two thirty five, you know, twenty two, you know, Just I mean, watch out for the cartwheel. Watch for the cartwheel and the eye <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. So no, he's great. Brutal.
1: Did you see it?
2: Yeah, it was right there. Yeah. Yeah? Was I was brutal? taping it. Oh, it was it was oh, oh God.
1: you you taped it? Is that footage online, dude? What's up?
2: No, I ha- I have it. It's not online but we uh, we used it, actually, to send to, uh, to Derby City to set up the uh, the power match because we went to the, to the um, doctor and then came back about three hours later and Brian's eye was just totally swollen, and so we did the interview. But, uh, yeah, we got it, so I'll put it out there. Jeez, it's insane. See that, kid? You can even get hurt in training. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yep. Well, uh, you you've you worked. I would I would say oh, probably over 50 matches with with Brian Alvarez. Of, oh yeah. Uh, FigureFourOnline.com slash WrestlingObserver.com, which is cool. Right. But um, you you've worked with him. Um, it's like going to the dance with that guy. You know, you guys know yeah. each other. It, it's flair and steamboat. Not yeah. on that level, but you guys you know have that. Right. Have that you know. Uh, no, we just know each
2: other, just yes, yeah, so easy
1: so he's you know he's he's like an unofficial assistant trainer in your school. What do you think yeah. of his training the way that he gets in there with the guys and and you know does what he does
2: well good does he, he does, does he have a knack good. yeah, he does good, he just you know he'll he take bumps and 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 the smaller guys he's. He shows himself, you know, the the stuff that he learned, and he does good. He does a good job. So That's works good. hard. You know,
1: I'm proud of you guys because you're giving back to the business. trial And you know, guys, guys that I know that that train people, you know, and I mean, I, I've dealt with Jesse Hernandez. There's a name for you down yeah. in Southern California. He yeah, I know Jesse. Guys, yep. You know, and, and these guys are are doing it properly. And, yeah. you know, yep. there's, there's gotta be something other than the WWE factory, you know, yeah. because the business will not die. No No matter how much Vince tries to kill it. Mm-hmm. So there needs to be that grassroots, you know, we're going to go out, we're going to train our young and, you know, and teach them properly. Yep. Because, uh, my feeling, buddy, I don't know if it's yours or not, but the, I have a feeling that the territorial system will be coming back. Um, not, not at the level that it was. but right. I think on a smaller.
2: It could. I, yep. You know, it I could. Mean,
1: fuck, buddy! Look here, Northern California. We have over eight companies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unbelievable. There yeah, was a here? night. There was a night in 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 April or March. It was a Saturday night. I was at a show for my sponsor, and there were five shows that night in the Bay Area.
2: Yeah. Oh That's yeah. Unbelievable. That's why he's here. There's gonna be five between uh, Washington, and Oregon. So there's a lot. There's a lot. And Just... I think um, the company that's gonna spearhead
1: it. You know, people say the NWA, you know, are dead letters or it's a dead title. I don't believe so. No. Um, I mean, they they have TV. Sure, right. fucked up TV on satellite, but it's TV. And right. their product is a lot like the WCW Nitro product was, 96, 97, where you had uh, chocolate, vanilla, strawberry, coconut, right. all these different flavors. And I think they're going to – they just need a little bit of money behind them, and they're going to take the next step. Sure. And, and I've been preaching that for months, and I know it's coming, because there's going to be NWA, Alabama, Texas, Washington. There's going to be affiliates all over. And they I have the spring so. champion, Adam Pierce, who can handle his own. Yep. um but I, you know I, I really think that that now that these kids that are being trained properly they're 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 being taught you know correctly, and that they're going to be able to to strive in that type of territorial environment, yeah, because yeah. like like you said, you sat under the learning tree with with rip now how okay, we know that the training is physical in the ring. How much is just sitting down? out on the lawn chair talking shit?
2: Oh, half, at least half.
1: Well, that's what's missing is the car rides.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, we used to, we used to, like, sometimes, like, I have, you know, three, four guys out here, and, uh, we'd be out here in the, in the day, hotter than shit, and, and train, and, and my wife would, uh, make, make hamburgers, and, then we were done, come out, and then, we talk, you know, except sit for another hour and just talk about the business. So, oh, man, I don't know. The, the, that's what's missing, yeah. you know, or the car ride.
1: Yep, yep, that's what's missing, you know. Yep. yep. And the, there aren't enough veterans, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? They they, they didn't no. keep going or they didn't, you know, most of them they, didn't try to open a promotion or, or –
2: and and, and I
1: mean guys that have actually done something other than yeah. hey I've had five matches in two years
2: yeah no you know no, no. guys work territories they they yeah they they, they don't care you know
1: what yeah, I mean they're, they're,
2: they're, they're like, bitter and yeah I'm well done.
1: you
2: know I, I I guess we can say bitter but you know oh no, hell yeah yeah hell yeah they're they, we were never paid to uh, train you know we paid to train so oh yeah, shit. Sure. So, yeah.
1: Nowadays, you
2: you you can't
1: really find an old timer that will sit down and talk with people, Mm-mm. you know, in the, in the locker room or whatever and Mm-mm. you know, they just, you know, want to work their mask, get their envelope and head on out. Yep. Um but from time to time you get lucky and you yep. get to run seminars with a man like the Hockey Tonk man. Yep. Um we're going to talk about this weekend.
2: Um this weekend. big yep.
1: weekend for you guys. Yep.
2: Yep. Tomorrow, Break it Portland, down, brother. Tomorrow we're in Portland. I pick him up at the airport, and we head to Portland. And and uh, Friday night, Saturday we're in uh, we, seminar in. Everett, um, really? Washington, yeah, Toledo, to Washington, and then uh, show that night, and then uh, he goes home Sunday. But uh, the guys, the, the guys deserve their chance, you know, to sit and listen and. And take it all in. So. So it's
1: two hour seminar.
2: Um, two hours. Three to five. Fifty bucks.
1: Fifty bucks. Fifty bucks, and that's yep. the best. Fifty bucks you can you Ever can spend. spend, you know, yep. just to sit there. And I'm pretty sure that Honky Tonk's, you know, gonna have his uh his uh, bottle gimmick, and you know he'll will yeah. just open up and talk because you know oh, that, yeah. that's honky. Oh
2: yeah. Oh yeah.
1: A little swearing. You know. Who cares. If you've ever seen any of his, his uh, shoot interviews or his you shoot, which was the fucking best, yeah, um, he could just go, mm-hmm. just don't mention Lawler, and you'll mm-hmm. be okay. Yep, yep. So, yep. What, what what do you think of the man that does nothing in the ring, Hongi Man? He's
2: awesome. No I bumps. him. Yeah. No I bumps. Him. No bumps. And he actually he gave me a, he gave me one bump and elbow off the ropes, and we came to the back and he apologized. He's like, I'm sorry. I was like, I don't care, you know. And, and no bumps, no nothing just, you know, tell a story. And he doesn't uh, need to. Yep. yep. You know? Sing a song four times and Yeah,
1: it. you're not you're not paying to see the guy fucking grab an arm bar. No. You're paying to hear him sing his song,
2: do yep. the shake, rattle and roll, and go yep. home. That's
1: yep. it. That's what you're paying for. And yep. the, <clears throat> you know, I, I I've heard people see him. Um, in like the southeast like Florida and stuff like that they've seen him on a show and they get upset because they didn't go out and give him 20 minutes it's like oh. he's a fucking entertainer yeah that's it that's what you get yeah you know but he still has the fucking stones to go out every fucking weekend yep. and do this yep and, and he's
3: got the money I can
2: tell you it's not for the money yep Yep, ain't for the money. Sure in the fuck ain't for the money. Nope, nope. He still goes out there, 56 years old, and, and still looks the same, tan. He still looks relatively good. Looks great, yep, yep. No, so. has got a little gut, but fuck, he's
1: 50-something. What do you expect? Yep, yep.
2: So, no, it'll be
1: great. It'll be great. You know, there there's some guys out there that you know, that are still working, like Kamala for one. You know, he goes out, he does his goofy gimmick, he doesn't gives the head chops, but that's what you go and pay for. That's what you you're see. You're not going to get a scientific classic with these guys. fuck, yep. you never would. Yep. Yep. Because it came from a time where you had to do nothing. Yep. Yep. Oh my God. You yep. know, I, I I feel like I'm 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 Brian Alvarez too. I was born ten years too late. <laughs> yep. You were. You were. Yep. Well i did I did catch on at the end of San Francisco, so I did get to see Ray the Crippler and you know Pat have good years and, yep oh my God, that stuff was so good yep
2: yep well, Ray Stevens what, Jesus what do you
1: think of Ray Stevens
2: awesome God, he's just so ahead of his he's just is such a oh man innovator, just unbelievable, you know unbelievable, yeah even Patterson even Patterson. Well, Patterson was awesome
1: too. I mean, he Yeah. When they were together, they were great. When they were against each other, they were great.
2: You know, yep. it's just Yep. Unbelievable. Yep. Ray Stevens just <laughs> lived, lived a fast life, but he was awesome. He was awesome. So There you go. He's I I think that that he's the epitome of what a pro
1: wrestler was before the change. And that yep. was Vince. Mm-hmm. Um Yep. And I don't think that there was any better worker in the ring on the stick than Ray Stevens. And no, oh and yeah. I'm thinking about your dad. He was uh, my father's favorite wrestler, and who's, uh, since passed on, but fond memories of, of watching that bombs away knee knee drop off the top rope. And yep. Just fucking damn it. They did so much, or they 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 got away with so much, and they they told so many stories without doing much, even though this was considered a high spot territory. Yep.
2: But they still just,
1: just blows the shit away now. I mean, Yep. It's it's a demolition derby. No one goes out and tells a story.
2: No, no. It's just spots.
1: You know, it's, it's,
2: do it all um, in six minutes and, that's it.
1: it. it. It's not just a big time either,
2: buddy. Yep.
1: You know, a lot of the Indies, a lot of the Indies I see, you know,
2: it's,
1: fucking, they go out six, seven minutes, it's like, if you don't have 12 matches on the card, the guys don't go seven minutes. Right. Um, Right. Like, Jesse Hernandez, his company, the Empire Wrestling Federation dot com, cheap plug for my buddy, he, um, has maybe five or six matches on his shows. Yeah. And, they go 20. Yeah. You know, they go solid 20. And there's a reason this guy is running every fucking weekend.
2: Yep. Yep. Making
1: money. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Unbelievable. Yep. You know, it's, that's unbelievable, and yep. <clears throat> there's a reason I try to have Jesse on as often as I can.
2: Yeah, oh, because yeah.
1: Um, they're not just fans that listen to the show; they're workers that listen to the show, and they, you know they need to learn. Like yep. I'm, I'm going to call him my former co-host. He's no longer my co-host due to scheduling, but uh, Mr. Alex Saint or Goff, whichever you want to call it, um, he's got a handful of matches under his belt, but he is being used. Trained with some really good guys. Right. And he is learning the old way. And he's learning properly. Yep. And when he was my co-host with me on the air, I made it a point to get these guys on the show so that he can learn. Yeah. From these guys. Because there aren't car rides anymore. No. No. Okay. And I get buried... You know, certain places for having on old timers or or guys that people have never heard of, but these are people that I know that love this business.
2: Love it. Yep. You know,
1: and yep. someone's gotta you know got gotta set up that olive branch so these kids can learn other than that shit they see on TV. Yep. Yep. You know. Yep. Yep. Okay, I'm off my I'm off my soapbox, buddy. Nope. You're right. You're right.
2: You're right, Amy. All right.
1: Well, what we're gonna do is talk about your uh, your st- your uh, stint for WCW. Okay. And you were in the ring with, again, arguably in my top five, Ricky Steamboat.
2: Oh yeah, Ricky Steamboat. Yeah. Tell me
1: about Rick and and what did you did you learn from him by just being around him and in the ring with him? I just,
2: man, I don't even know. Learned. I just, I mean, I learned. I, I was scared. I was like, Oh my god, like I'm you know, I'm working with him, that's cool. He wanna do all this stuff, he goes, well, can you do this, 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 this and we just went out and had a good match and, and uh it was an honor to me, you know. Just uh just so good. He was so good, you know. God he was so good. Yeah, I don't he know how to describe it. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I mean so, I've seen,
1: you know, his early stuff from Minneapolis all, you know, into the mid-Atlantic. I mean, we're talking 72, 72 yeah. or oh, yeah. 73 with Flair. So, 74, 75. And he was doing that shit at a top level. Yep. You know? Yep. And And um, going back uh, with the the uh, Ric Flair DVD where he was discussing his matches with Steamboat, and he said that, you know, some of their best matches no one ever saw. Right. You know, because they go out there and they do it for themselves. Yep. They go out and put in the time because they enjoyed what they do. Yep. Now, you have guys come in, boom, we work our match, we're out the door. Yep. Now, if you're a young kid, you have no right leaving. You need to stay there and wait. Now, I understand if you're in the opening match, you're going to work and you're going to go. No problem. You are 32 and you have a family. 32, right? Sure, yeah. <laughs> and you have be a family and, and, yeah. and all that stuff to get home to. These young kids, they don't stop and watch. No. You know, I mean, learning is not just training with someone or right. watching a video or whatever. You can right. watch and you can pick up little things. Because, yep. um, Mike, Mike Modest told, told me on a phone conversation a week ago, he said that, you know, some of the best wrestlers are the best thieves because they steal from everybody yeah I want this I want that from you I want right. this from you right you know th- th- these these youngins they don't get it
2: nope
1: God, I'm nope. pulling my hair
2: out what's left of it at least nope yeah you're right you're right
1: <laughs> no he was
2: awesome he was awesome he was so light and so uh, uh, so just a
1: good guy. Uh, out of all the TV stuff that you've done uh, for WCW WWF WWF WWE. Who was the stiffest?
2: Um, Alex Wright. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Was it the drop kick off the top? It was everything. God, he was, really? Oh, he was brutal. Oh, he was brutal. Oh. Nice guy, but, but just I don't know.
1: Jesus. Did, did he? It seemed that that in the ring that he was trying too hard yeah you know because look look who he has to fill the shoes Mm Stephen Wright he's no if anybody has not seen Stephen Wright you need to go out of your way to see that footage from Europe and New Japan oh Uh, yeah oh
2: my god he was so good Stephen Wright was
1: so fucking clean
2: I had his first match I had Alex Wright's first match at at uh oh what's that called Disney World? Oh, Florida. Yeah, so he came in with uh, his dad, and uh, because Regal was a fan of his dad, so he came in, and I think it was a dark match. Anyways, he was probably about 240, you know, kind of, you know, kind of, he was 18 or 19 or something like that. And he blew up within, like, two minutes and, and hit you hard. You know, he'd, like, do the form to face, hit you hard, and shooting your ropes hard, and it was a struggle. So, yeah, Alex right? nice guy, but struggle. Well,
1: there's, there's a reason he didn't really go far. Yeah. You know, he just didn't have it. Yeah, yeah. You know, he just really didn't have it. Yeah. Um, he did, when later on, when he came back as that Berlin character... He had a chance. That was a pretty good gimmick. He had a chance, but he just couldn't couldn't pull it off. And
2: yeah, you know, when it, I was there, he had heat. He had a, he had so much heat with guys because because his attitude, you know. So maybe it was that I don't know, but he was very hard,
1: very hard. Oh wow! Okay, we're coming down to eight minutes. Left on Buddy's segment here. I'm gonna get a refill of my coffee and a little something else. So. Oh, okay, to say <laughs> KC, brother.
3: <laughs>
1: so, uh, is there anybody out there now that that's working now that you would? All right, fuck it. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it anyway the way that I usually do. Um, this is imaginary. I'm gonna book a show out here. I'm gonna fly you down. And I'm going to give you the choice to work any independent guy out here in the States, other than Brian Alvarez and your
2: boys that you've trained. Uh, who, who would you handpick for me to fly in for you to work with? I don't know indie guys. I don't know, you know, I don't watch that stuff. I don't know who they are. Really? Um, and they're all, you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't, I don't know them.
1: All right, how's this? How's this? My company down here has money. And I can fly you and someone else down other than your boys and Brian, what Northwest worker would you bring with you? Uh, you bring a
2: match. Colonel.
1: Colonel? Really?
2: Colonel of Beers. Mm. Yeah. So about, easy. So uh so
1: how about easy. how about Caden Matthews? G- give me
2: some uh some input on Caden. We haven't heard C- much from him. Caden's good, but he's you know, he's been a bit business uh three years, you know, so he's not there yet. You know what I mean?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: He's not like a a night off or nothing like that. Where I you know, a colonel or a buddy, if you can get buddy to work, be awesome. Tim Flowers awesome. Um <sighs> Richie Magnet. Well oh, man, Richie's good. Yeah, awesome. Richie's really um, good that's that's it. That's all I know. <laughs> that's all I know.
1: <laughs> Let's see. Have you ever been in the ring with Matt Farmer? Oh yeah. Now, what do you think of Matt? Is, is he listening? He is listening, and he is
2: on the staff of Rubber Guard Radio. And go ahead and bury him. No, no, I like I, I like Matt. He's a nice guy, and he he was one of the guys who who um. Got in the business and always showed up, whether he worked or not, always showed up and and sat there quiet in the corner and just listened. And and uh, he's a funny guy. Guy's a funny guy. Um, so, no, I like Matt. I like Matt a lot. Yeah, he's a good guy. You know, he's yeah, never done anything wrong. And,
1: and you know, he's got a really good look. You know what I mean? He, he, he looks good. Yeah. Uh, where he can... He can either be that that pretty boy baby, or not pretty boy, but, you know, a little rugged kind of baby face, or just that arrogant cocksucker heel. Yep. Um, Do you think that that he should try to branch out singles or, you know, keep doing the tag thing with uh, Del Sol? No, he's he's way
2: better on his own. He's way better on his own. Um, He just, when he's on his own, he's thinking for himself and... When he's with a partner, he's thinking for them, and it don't go so good. But he's, by himself, he's awesome. Me and him just had. Me and him were a tag team um, at a, uh, a at Quest Field,
1: and mm-hmm. uh, it was so
2: fun. It was so much fun, you know.
1: That was he, the Coca Cola deal, right?
2: Yeah, the Coca Cola uh, show uh, at uh, how it was like the World Cup or something like that. Yeah, soccer match. Uh, yeah, so uh, it was me and Matt, and and he's a student. and I love that, and uh, and a nice guy, really nice guy. So, you know, I I have a story about the that that uh the World Cup
1: stuff. Um, my sponsor and a friend of mine, Jeff Dino, he owns WrestleWarehouse dot com and uh-huh. SoCal Pro Wrestling in San Diego.
2: and yeah. they
1: got they got the same gig that
2: you guys got. Because I called, it. I, I I I sent the thing down. The guy goes. Oh. Ask him, really? Yeah, the the guy goes. The guy, I mean, not put myself over, but the, the guy goes. Do you know anybody in uh, San Diego or or L.A. or something like that? And and I said, uh, God, I'm trying to think. And and one of the guys on Brian's board, um, f4wonline.com/slash. Yeah, Anyways, <laughs> he. Uh, it was Alex Goff. Yeah, exactly, San Diego. So he said. Uh, he was training down there or something like that. And, and I said, huh. And I got the email address sent it to him. I told, him the, told the guy the, the uh, deal and uh, hooked it up. And he ran the show and I saw the pictures. And, um, Did you see so the footage? I, I just saw um, the, the guy from Coke was happy and he sent me pictures from it, uh, um, from the thing. So. Buddy, there was there was a riot in the main event. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Yeah, they didn't have any security, so the no, yeah. guy, the guy who's ringing everything, Jeff Dino, he um he was the only security guy. So he's wow. sitting there choking this Mexican dude who's trying to get in the ring. And the guy goes, like, "I want to wrestle! I want to wrestle!" So Jeff, you know, Jeff's a big dude; he's a good six four, yeah, big big guy, and he's holding this guy back. And it's a fucking riot! Wow, unbelievable! And wow. those those that are listening that would like to see the footage, uh, you go to YouTube. And search SoCal Pro Wrestling Qualcomm, and you will see it. There's there's two clips, and it was insanity. I mean, there was a fucking riot
2: in the main event, and unbelievable. Um, yeah, the guy from Coke said they did good. So and and I hooked uh, Honky Tonk Man up with Phoenix, I think. So that's cool. That's And, a, and Rip and Danny with uh, Chicago. So
1: wow, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, it was a fun time. Oh, fun man. time.
1: Did uh did you guys happen to videotape up there uh, when you did it?
2: Uh no pictures I think it was pictures but we were just it was just too much you know I was like I'll just go out there we tags and six man's and and that was it.
1: Now did you guys actually use any real luchadors? No God
2: no no, no. no hell no San Diego did they had a couple. We had um, just, we had we had every mask, every um I'm um, looking at right now. I, I have the new L.A. Park mask. Yeah,
3: that,
1: that you can get at wrestlewarehouse.com. Uh, Jeff sent it to me for my birthday.
2: I wore uh, cool. um, a love machine. We wow. had we had oh we had every anyone who was you know somebody. We had their mask, and it was just us trying to work lucha, and that was it. Trying to work, Lucha.
1: Yeah, um, but it was good.
2: It all went good. All went good. So, cool, cool.
1: Well, let's um, let's turn it around. We're going to uh, talk about Chico. Um, we're not going to bury him. Um,
2: oh, well. You, then. Okay. You've had
1: you've had many matches with this guy. Singles, yeah. Tags, probably six man's and and anything else. Um, do you have a favorite match that you've had with with uh, Brian?
2: My first one, really? Yeah, like that. It, was, it was funny because uh, there used to be this group up here called um, ICW, and they ran a theater. And I had nev- I I I knew nobody but Tim and Richie, and and uh, the rest of the guys were students, so I paid no attention. I went out and watched Brian work one night, and I was like, God, this guy's. You know, pretty good, and and he was and was a guy, <clears throat> excuse me, less experienced than him. So I was like, wow. So there was a fair in in middle Oregon somewhere, and um, Len Denton, the Grappler was running it. He was bringing in from your area. Um, oh, what's his name? Steve Rizzano. No. Oh, Big TK. Yeah, Tonga guy. And he goes, uh, he goes uh, I want you to come out. And I said, okay. And then I said, uh, hey, let me bring a guy that I can work with. And he goes, yep, let's do it. So Brian was 135 pounds. I didn't know Brian from anybody, I never talked to him. I called Tim Flowers. Tim gave me his number. I called Brian. Brian, it turns out we live, you know, probably, you know, maybe 15 minutes away from each other. So we hooked up for the show, we went down. They go 15 minutes through, at five more minutes, he pins me, we went out there and just, we just clicked, just boom, I, I couldn't believe it, you know, I was like, oh my god, and that was probably my, my favorite match of them, so, now it's just habit, you know what I mean? So, oh yeah, it's just going in and... You know, yeah, it's just like, okay, ha uh, ha ha, you know, but, but uh, that was probably, because I was so surprised, like, oh my god, this guy... You know Say something Boom he got it Boom Let's go So It was a good time Well you You mentioned the grappler The grappler
1: You know He was a, a hell of a worker You know Great promo. Oh hell yeah And a hell of a booker Hell yeah You know If if you get the book In multiple territories Like he did You know yep. You're obviously doing Doing something right
2: Um yep.
1: Do you happen to have A few grappler stories
2: Um No I mean just no, not that I wanna say, but he was a, he's a good guy. Good guy. So Awesome. Awesome. No, good guy and, and uh good mind and funny. Funny guy. So I saw him about eight, uh, six months ago, last time I saw him and that was it, so he lives out here in Portland. He's still uh, around or Uh, No, he don't work no more. He had neck surgery. He had that neck, his neck fused like Roddy did. And uh, so he's done. All right. But but, uh, no, good guy, good guy, really good guy. That's it. I really have nothing else to say about him. Yes, sir. Uh, Yeah. Yes, sir.
1: All righty, buddy.
2: Are we it's done? Been,
1: we've gone an hour.
2: Jesus God.
1: Longer than that shit that
2: you recorded with Alvarez this morning, ripping off his customers. I told him. I told him I would not do his show unless he plugged you every two minutes, and he didn't do it. So I'm.
1: Yeah, don't even get
2: started.
1: You know what? There there have been a few casualties of this merger, and my show being plugged on the front page in news updates is you know one of them. Hey, no, but thank
2: you for the uh, the. Uh, DVDs you sent me. Oh,
1: Thank it's all you very good much.
2: Us. Yeah. Anytime. So, yeah, and well, this the weekend. Watch them, and they love them. So. This weekend, Hong uh, Tung
1: Man. Hong Tonk Man. You can get all the info. Buddywayne.net. Um, Figurefouronline.com. Ten bucks. Ten bucks a month, man. You get the fucking Observer Online. That's yep. all I gotta say. Tell Mike
2: Malasai for me.
1: Oh, of course, of course. I'm gonna probably give him a call tonight, and. Yeah. You know. Talk to him about how hot it is down here. We're in the middle of a heat wave. It's fucking 90 plus today. Wow! Wow! And then, you know, being sick, you know, I can't can't drink beer or anything, so it kind of sucks. Well, but, what do uh, you do? Well,
2: more pills.
1: <laughs> more pills, exactly. But, uh, buddy,
2: it Thanks was my pleasure, me. man. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming on. Once again, Buddy
1: Once again, buddywayne.net. If you're anywhere anywhere in the fucking world, and you you would like to get trained. Check out Buddy. His, bo- his boy is in OVW. What more can you do? Yep. All right, Buddy. Yeah. Thanks for calling in. It was thanks, uh, you guys. definitely my pleasure, man. Well, will definitely have to have you on again, preferably with uh, that scrawny little Mexican, Brian Alvarez. Oh, yeah. We'll do it. All right, brother. You take for it sure. easy. Thanks, guys. Later, man. Bye. Okay. That was... Northwest uh, legend, Mr. Buddy Wayne, and on the line now, we have the NWA World Heavyweight Champion, Scrap Iron, out of Pierce. How you doing, champ?
4: Brother, I am doing well. How are you guys doing?
1: We're fucking cooking, brother.
4: That's the way it's got to be. I uh, apologize. (sighs) I I didn't have the number to call in. I misplaced it. you got to forgive me. I had a a baby boy six weeks ago, and he's been taking up all my attention.
1: Oh, hey. I hear you. I feel you, man. I... I took the summer off to to uh, take care of my eight-year-old son. So, tremendous fun stuff. Fun Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. How you feeling, brother? How's the body?
4: You know what? I'm feeling good, man. I've been busy, uh, but but staying relatively injury-free and uh, you know, staying in the gym, just getting ready. Got a lot of title defenses coming up, and uh, just doing what the champ needs to do.
2: There it is.
1: Well, uh, speaking of uh, title defenses, you uh. You went to an hour with uh, Damian Wayne. Sure did. Out out there in Virginia. And um, I haven't heard of the footage getting out. Um, do you know if they sell DVDs or whatnot? Because uh, you, I'm drooling to see that one.
4: You know, I know they taped it. I think they had a three camera shoot that night. Promoter Rick O'Brien, who uh, runs NWA Virginia. Um, he told me that the footage is going to be out there. I don't know what the time frame is on that. I haven't seen any of the footage. I haven't seen any pictures. I do know that an hour is a long time. Uh, and uh, we fought tooth and Nail. It was a great crowd that night. Uh, thankfully, they raised a lot of money. It was for the King and Queen County uh, Virginia High School and Middle School fundraiser for both schools, and it did well, and, and uh, the, the uh, county was happy, and I was happy, and everything went off as planned.
1: And uh, thankfully, I walked out of that building with the with the gold still around my waist. Tremendous. Well, what what, what do you think of uh, Damian as a, as a competitor? Oh, I love Damian Wayne. I I think that uh, he's one of those guys that all he
4: really needs is a break. You know, he uh, he worked a, a shot for Ring of Honor when they were in Manassas. You know, I don't know a month ago or so, and uh, mm-hmm. I think he needs a couple more of those just to get his face out there and let people see what he's capable of. Uh, unfortunately for him, he's been stuck in the Mid Atlantic region. And not that there's not good wrestling fans in that region, it's just that the exposure for the boys isn't what it is in the Northeast or even on the West Coast. Uh, but he's he's got to travel a little bit. I know he was going to move down to Florida, and I don't know if he's still going to do that. But uh, Damian Wayne's definitely somebody to look out for in the future,
1: as well as Sean Denny. Mr. Denny is good too. Um, yeah, I absolutely agree. And you know the uh, Chris Escobar.
0: That's another good Chris name.
4: Escobar is a good friend of mine. He was out here in California for a while. I know he went back to Virginia, and uh, he's another one, man. I, I think that uh, the only thing that's lacking that area is exposure. Uh, it seems like the guys, they, they stay within Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, but they don't really go any, any further west or north of that, and uh,
1: there's plenty of guys that, that, that could and should. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just naming three. I mean, you got Phil Brown out there who's been doing his shit forever. There are just yeah. so many guys, and, you know, you have to go out of your way, you know, to, to, to see them, and it kind of stinks. You know, I, and the the companies are so fractured as well. You know, there are yeah. so many different companies, and, you know, it would be nice if they could all, you know, get on the same page and, you know, pay their dues to Mr. Marquez so that, you know, you can come on out and defend your title.
4: Yeah, you know that's a problem. That you know what? That's nothing. That's really new to the NWA, unfortunately. It's it's a it's one of those situations where anybody with enough money can throw down their membership dues and call themselves an NWA promoter, and that's whether or not they run every two weeks or they run one show a year. So it doesn't really help the champions, the board control champions, anyway, because we're stuck in limbo waiting for you know that handful of promoters in the NWA that that really want to do something, and thankfully. You know, I've been able to, to get out and defend this thing about 20 times now and, and make my way. I was in Nashville last weekend for Mike Searcy and the NWA top role promotion, and, and I look forward to going back there. But there's a handful, and uh, I think it's just a matter of, I've told this to Bob Trulbridge, the executive director, and the rest of the board, including Marquez, hey, just give me, uh, give me a loop with all these promoters. I guarantee, I guarantee after one, they'll want me back a second time, and we'll just keep it going until we can build towns, you know, and uh, – it's a work in progress. It's slow, but it, you know what? It, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely picking up a lot more than it did nine months ago when I got it, so I have no complaints. Well,
1: you guys are going to win this foot race, and I've been yes, saying fine. it for so. months since I'm blue in the face. You guys are going to be not number three, but I'm talking number two, because honestly, the stuff that, that I'm, I, can, I can put Marquez, the, the NWA pro, product over until I'm blue in the face but I mean they're exactly what the fans want right now it's 96 97 WCW Nitro you have all your different flavors and you know those those DVDs that were put out by Big Vision Entertainment um, that stuff was great you had your Lucha you had your technical stuff you had some brawling some flying you had a bunch of different things and that's what's missing and I think that You guys are really close to you know doing something, really really close.
4: I I appreciate it. I think that the hard part is that as a culture we're so uh, we're so akin to having things right now, you know. And and, I mean, you think about it—the convenience of technology today in pretty much any industry, you can pretty much have whatever you want within five minutes. And wrestling, unfortunately, isn't at that level. I mean, it's going to take time. The tried and true methods of promoting haven't failed. It's just that every independent promotion out there now wants to try and hit that hot button and get over on the internet as fast as they can. And the NWA, for the longevity it's had, understands that at least at least the the competent promoters, uh, and I do mean offense to those that aren't competent and you know who you are. Um, the competent promoters know that there's a way to promote buildings, there is a way to, to forge business relationships with towns and companies and sponsors they're going to be able to sustain business, and that's the only really way to keep your business going forward. Um, Marquez is a great example of that. Moving into arenas, you know, we had Atlanta on the 7th, uh, and it was a beautiful thing, um, and they're, we're going to go back. So, it's I mean, it's just it's just one of those things where it's baby steps, and it's going to be baby steps. We've really only launched this thing probably in the last 10 or 11 months, even before we, we uh, the, the World Championship Tournament finished, um, it's baby steps. It's going to take three or four years at minimum, minimum for the NWA's exposure to get to a level where we can actually see some profit, make a little bit of money, and turn heads. We're doing it small steps now. Um, it's it's going to take time. It's it's not an overnight thing, and it hasn't been an overnight thing, and thankfully that those of us who are, who are in the know understand that. So we're just going to forge forward.
1: Tremendous. Tremendous. You guys are you're going slow, but... I, I think that the the our our country is ready for a a territorial um system but not not the way it was back in the day. I mean we're talking right. smaller regions and I mean hell up here in Northern California, you know, there are eight or nine companies that are running regularly up here. And this is amazing. There wasn't shit That's here good. a couple years ago. Yeah. Um I I have to ask When is Gabe Ramirez going to bring you up for uh, pro-revolution wrestling? I think it is.
4: Well, you need to tell Gabe Ramirez that he needs to stop being so cheap because I had a couple emails with him, and he asked for prices, and I give the same price to every NWA-affiliated promoter. That's the deal that I struck with the board of directors, and he balked at the price. So... No offense to Gabe, I actually like Gabe. I've known Gabe for a long time going back to APW. But it's just one of those deals where he's going to have to pull a little, couple little you know, quarters out of the couch, cushions, that type of thing, and uh, I'm sure it'll happen sooner than later.
1: The answer, Adam, is to book you for one of the Santa Maria shows because their last show drew about, I think, between 1500 and 1600 if I remember right. So oh, absolutely! Drama. And if
4: I, no, I, I oh, I absolutely know that. I know that for a fact, and I know, you know, it, I know my price is more than reasonable, more than reasonable. So, Gabe, if you're listening, you have my email address, brother. I would love nothing more than to come up and piss off your crowd in Santa Maria.
1: <laughs> Screw that, dude! You got to come up here to San Francisco. We got to get you up here. Yeah, it's been a long time. <clears throat> Last time I was up there was for the for that Russell Fan Fest. Debacle. <laughs> well boy, let's not even
4: Yeah, I don't even get, get me started. There.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't even get me started.
4: I was lucky I got out of
1: there with the pay I was promised. Well, hey, you're one of the lucky ones.
4: That's right. I was sitting in that hotel room with every single legend you could think of who was trying to devise a way to get into the hotel room. And get their money out of this promoter. And I use the word promoter very loosely when, I, when I'm when i talking about that punk. I don't even know his name, and I don't want to know it. Unbelievable. Yeah,
1: let's just uh, not go there. And uh, for those of you that are concerned out there about um, some of the boys getting what, what they have coming to them, um, I was born and raised in Daly City, and I have uh, some connections in the police department, and there is no new news. So there there isn't any new news for you guys I, I'm sorry that this cocksucker you know got over on you guys and you know it, it It's sad because you know there's San Francisco's ripe. you know it, it's now is the time that something like that could have really taken off because we're hot again yeah you know it, it's a shame but uh, you know it kinda of bothers me but a uh, hey, champ would you like to take a phone call I would love to do whatever you want me to do, brother. I'm here for Tremendous. you. Tremendous. Awesome. Awesome. Let's patch this caller in. All caller, whom am I speaking with? And welcome to Rubber Guard Radio.
0: Hey, how are you doing? This is the uh, next NWA World Heavyweight Champion Scorpio Sky.
1: Scorp, welcome to the show. How are you doing tonight?
0: I'm doing pretty good. I'm at the EWF school. I'm training, getting ready for my big match this weekend. I'm feeling right. good. damn,
1: Scorp, You got, you got two or
4: three big matches this weekend, don't you? Oh, yeah, definitely. You
0: know, I've already got two titles. So, you know, i got a tough schedule, but uh, believe me, I will be ready for Adam Pierce Saturday.
4: Brother, you better train a little bit louder or you think you're going to be ready for me. See, you got my buddy Joey Ryan coming up this weekend before you come down to Oceanside, California. I'm going to use Joey
0: as a little warm-up. Definitely going to use him as a little bit of a warm-up. Joey... I'm not going to take anything away from him. He's a great athlete. He's, uh, he's at the top of his game. You know, he shaved his, his chest hair. He cut his hair. You know, he's looking cleaner. I know he's getting ready for the biggest match of his life against me. But I'm in the best shape I've ever been in, man. I'm looking great right now. I'm on a roll. I've got two championships, as I said. So Joey is going to need to be a little bit more than 100%. He's going to have to be like 100,000% if he plans on taking my belt. Tomorrow. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to steamroller over Joey and then I'm going to head into San Diego on Saturday against Scrap Iron and for the very first time Scorpio Sky, Adam Pearce for the NWA World Heavyweight title. It's going to be marvelous. That sounds very pretty. See, I, so you've been training your ass off, Scorpio. What are you up to? About a buck sixty-five, buck seventy? What's up? <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking pretty good, man. I'm trimming it up. I'm about uh, 190, 195. ninety, one ninety-five. I'm looking very slim and good, heavyweight style. Heavyweight style. I think dumps bigger than you, brother. <laughs> man, how bad is it going to be when my, when my little uh, little scrawny self covers you for that pin, though, buddy? Huh? How about that? You no, know no. I,
4: I love it, brother. You know what? Let me tell you what. I'm going to put you over for a second. Great athlete, absolutely unbelievable athletic prowess, Scorpio Sky. I've seen you going back probably four or five years now. When you first started, I don't know that I've seen a better natural athlete. Now all of a sudden, this cockiness, the the the, the confidence in his game—it's a beautiful thing. You know what? I know that Scorpio Sky is going to take me to the limit on Saturday here in San Diego because he's quicker, he's faster, he can jump higher, he's 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 sneaky, he's quick, and oh, but just be careful, Scorpio, because I don't want to drop one of these dogs on you and leave you laying, brother. You might have to count the lights: one, two, three. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I've I've definitely changed a lot in the last couple of years. I got a little bit dirty over time, which spans to happen. I'm not dirty to the point of Adam Pearce yet, but uh, I may have enough. But I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to tell the truth here and say that I've been watching you from a distance for uh, many, many years. And I said it on this show maybe a month ago that I want this match. And before I even knew this match was booked, I wanted this match because... Uh, the test to see how good you are in Southern California on the West Coast is if you can get in the ring with Adam Pierce and if you can hang with Adam Pierce, that is the test. And I want to see exactly how good I am. So I'm putting you over on that statement right there. And that's the honest truth. That's a shoot right there from my heart, right there.
4: Well, I appreciate it. Uh, you Well, you might want to get back to your training and say hi to Jesse for me. I know he's there. Roll around. Get get sweaty. Get ready, because on Saturday it's going to be hot down here, brother. It's going to be in the 90s, and the lights are going to be bright, and that Boys and Girls Club in Oceanside is going to be filled to the Raptors, brother, because they want to see it happen. But I'm giving you fair warning now, Scorpios guy. Don't come down here thinking you're going to walk away with three belts over the weekend because it's not happening. Not the world title, not on my watch. And, hey, I'll tell you what. If you do a good job and you you play nice and we roll around for 10, 12, 15 minutes and you lay down like a good little boy, I might buy you Denny's after the match and send you on your merry way back up north. How that sound?
3: Ooh, a grand
4: slam sounds fabulous to me, but a grand <laughs> slam to me... <laughs> Sounds like
0: three championships, leaving San Diego with three championships. That's the kind of grand slam I'm going to do. But I'm going to take you up on your request. I'm going to go back into this school. I'm going to train. I'm going to get with Jesse. I'm going to roll out in the ring. And uh there's a, another guy. I think you might know him. He was, uh, he's over here, too. So I think I may go have a little conversation with him. He goes by the name of C. Edward Vanderpile. So uh, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and uh, see what kind of uh, – Trickery I can get out of him. Maybe I can find some weaknesses on the the scrap at him.
4: Well, do me a the scrap at him. That's good. Do me a favor. while you go, when you go talk to Vanderpyle? Get him doing about 150, 200 squats. You do I don't get him know. doing about I... 200 squats. I might take it easy on you on Saturday. <laughs> 200 squats. I don't know if he's gonna <laughs> live through through three squats,
0: <laughs> two squats. Good point. Yeah, yeah, I see him bend, bend over to pick up a candy bar, and he's sweating. <laughs> That's a shoot, brother. <laughs> All right, I'm going to get out of here. You guys take care, and I will see you Saturday, Adam.
1: You got it. I hope you're ready. Uh, oh, yeah. Thanks for calling in, brother. I appreciate it. Wait right. <laughs> All right. Well, that was... Hey, you, uh, you
4: to, you're pulling a fast one on me, aren't you?
1: No, it's called trying to draw money for a friend of mine. <laughs> well, <you> Beautiful. <laughs> Pretty simple, but Beautiful. of course, you know, I have to be spontaneous, so I'm not going to tell you. But you know what? It was, that's fine. It, was it was fun.
4: Where's your boy you know, Alex saying at?
1: Alex is working night shifts, so he's no longer right. uh, no longer with us. He, that's uh, no
4: there's no excuse for that. night
1: shifts sucks. You know, it sucks being in the military.
4: Yeah, absolutely, that's true. But you know what? He's serving our country. God bless him for that. There are men out there who are better than I, serving, fighting for freedom, and he's one of them.
1: So God bless is. him. There it is, and he's a really good guy, and he's uh, stepping it up. You know, you got it. Uh, no, no offense, brother, but uh, I think that he may be the top heel in San Diego. Um, wow. He wow. at least for for New Wave Pro Wrestling, this guy. I don't know what the hell it is. He just incites riots, and I don't get it.
4: Um, you know what? It isn't. It is a. It is an unteachable skill. You know, of, of the many things, and I've been wrestling now 13 years, people ask me all the time, how, how can you get heat? And I can never explain that. I can never explain that because either you can or you can't. And there's a million tricks and, and cheap things that you can do. And if you can hear me in the background here, don't mind me. I'm opening a beer. Uh, no, there's a million good. things you can do, but that's not going to guarantee you're going to get heat. It, it's definitely one of those one of those traits that that uh, I don't know how I got it. I guess you just have to be a natural born asshole, and my wife could probably tell you that I am, <laughs> as she nods her head as she's feeding my baby. But uh, yeah, Alex Saint, you know, up and coming. He just he's got to forge his way and get out there. And it's all about experience. It's all about getting in there as many times as you can. And uh, I have no doubt. And I know he wants it,
1: but uh, just got to keep keep at it. That's it. Well, the the kid does his homework. That's you right. know he he watches you know a bunch of different stuff you know he he gets his japan stuff he he watches the old stuff from um, the eighties and into the nineties sure. and you know he, i mean even e c w you know he's not a hardcore guy but he watches watches stuff for the promos and you know and he's he's learning how to how to book product by watching what paulie is you know has done and you know he's taking you know here and there and You know, I mentioned it earlier with my first guest that a true pro wrestler is actually a thief that will steal from each and every person that he sees that he can use something from, and Alex is a perfect example. And I'm not putting him over because he's a former co-host and a friend of mine. I'm putting him over because it's true.
4: It's absolutely true. I I can't tell you, I mean, you know, this weekend I was in, in Nashville, and one of the color commentators was Reno Riggins. Who, for those of you who've been watching wrestling for any period of time, well, that name should sound familiar to you. Um, he was half of the Tennessee Volunteers with Stephen Dunn. They held the Southern Tag Championship probably a, a thousand times. Uh, but if you if you weren't that in depth a fan, especially of the, the, of the the Nashville the Memphis scene at that point, you would have seen Reno Riggins on WWE TV uh, throughout the late 80s and early 90s at, at least once a week in, in an enhancement talent role. So he's been around forever. And he was getting background for for the title match that I had uh, last weekend and was asking me, you know, who do you pattern yourself after? And I kind of just
1: laughed at him.
4: And he goes, I, I know everyone, right? I said, well, yeah, I mean, come on, you know. And, and it's exactly what you just said. You have to be a thief. There are things, and it's, it's it could be the little things. It, it could be spots. It could be moves. It could be uh, your, your gear, how you pattern your boots. I mean, it's, it's just, it's seriously, it's one big puzzle that you piece together from a bunch of different guys to forge your own personality. And uh, I think
1: we all end up doing that at some point. It's absolutely true. Well, you, you mentioned gear. Um, Alex's and, and mine, we both have a, a huge pet peeve where guys need to wear gear. You need to oh, look yeah. like a professional. You shouldn't look like the guy out there in the, in the first row. And Raven is the exception to the rule because he was the first one to pretty much come out in the jean shorts do and the it. t-shirt. It was unique and at that point, yeah. Exactly. Um, what, what do you think about guys looking and acting professional, like, like a professional wrestler?
4: When I was trained, and this is going the back to, to late 1995, when I began training, you couldn't, number one, even get in the ring. Unless you had a pair of wrestling boots on. Now, wrestling boots are not cheap. Now, that's the number one reason I get from people when I people like to wear the wrestling shoes and the kick pads now, and that's become accepted as as being a, a professional looking gear. But when I started, it wasn't. If you were wrestling shoes, you were a jabron, and and you didn't get in the ring until you had a pair of boots. So, from from my standpoint, which is, uh, I guess pointedly, it's old school. Um, If you don't look the part, you're not playing the part, period. If you're going to wear, uh, you know, Nikes or combat boots or whatever in the ring, if you don't have the gimmick that fits that, then you're a jabron. You want to be a professional wrestler, even if you want to be a weekend warrior, and there's a million of them out there and I have nothing against it, look the part. Look the part. Show up to the building looking right. Take care of your gear. Don't walk in the ring wearing Adidas sweatpants and Nikes and a T-shirt and then go to the ring wearing the same thing and then come out of the ring wearing the same thing and then go to the after party wearing the same thing because then you are the same as the backyarders and the wannabes, and it's just unprofessional. I agree with you 100%. If you don't look the part, don't play the part. This is not a a game. This is a business that people want to make a legitimate living in, and the problem is there are too many guys out there who – want to say they're professional wrestlers and go out in their backyards and break tables and lie tubes and wear their Adidas and their Dickies and their their wife beaters and call themselves pro wrestlers. And all that does is bastardize what guys like myself and Brent Albright and Brian Danielson and Nigel McGinnis, and I could go down the line, people that make a living, that they bleed, they sweat, they love professional wrestling. It's an insult to all of us. It's an insult to the guys that have come before us. It's an insult to the Hall of Famers and the greats. And it's an insult to the people who have yet to get in the business who really, truly love it, honor it, and respect it because you're just making it hard for them to be respected. It's hard enough to get respect in this country as a professional wrestler when you've got idiots walking down the street, 16, 17, 18 years old, suplexing their buddy in their backyard, Looking like a bunch of idiots decide that they 're going to get quote unquote training three weeks later they 're in a ring, wearing the same thing they were in their backyard, and now we all look like a bunch of idiots and it 's all under the guise of quote professional
1: wrestling, and that pisses me off yep, you and me <clears throat> you and me um, a few a few weeks ago i uh I had Michael modest on and uh because uh, Mike just moved back here to the Bay Area from the, from the sticks. You know, he just mm-hmm. completely dropped off the face of the planet, you know, and he's came, he came back at the perfect time where we're booming. Right. So, uh, yeah, I had him on the show because he's my favorite. I've always loved Mike. Um, and he, he mentioned something to me that going to the dance, you know, people think, yeah, it's WWE, that's going to the dance. No, that's not what the dance was for Mike. Doing this as a living, being able to say, my profession, my trade is a pro wrestler. Do you agree?
4: I agree 100%. 100%. I respect Mike Modison. Off the subject, I need to get a new number for him. He called and left me a message about a month ago, and the number I have is bad. So when we're done here, if I can get a number. Perfect. Sure, I'll give you a call. I agree (laughs) with Mike 100%. There are a bunch of us. Mike, myself included, even Christopher Daniels, who's now on TNA, but before that, when it was WWF or WCW, that was where you wanted to go, and ECW to a lesser extent, but I think those of us who wanted and thought we had a legitimate shot at making money in the wrestling business knew that ECW sooner than later was going to fold because of how it was managed. Regardless, I did probably 12 or 15 shots in '97 early 98, dark matches for WWE. I had two contract offers from WCW. So did Mike. Mike and Chris Daniels had their shot on Nitro, and, and uh, you know they were under contract for, for a period of time. I never felt comfortable in that setting, and neither did they. It's all about, can you sustain yourself as a professional wrestler in this country, knowing that there's now only one show in town, quote-unquote, two if you count TNA, that are paying legitimate money? Now there's Ring of Honor, there's NWA shows, there's countless independent promotions. That It's a realistic, PWG included in Southern California, it's, it's realistic for a professional wrestler if you're competent and you love it and you're willing to make the sacrifices, you can make a living. And that is going to the dance. And that is saying, I made a living as a professional wrestler in this country. Maybe you didn't make a million dollars, maybe you barely paid your rent, but you paid your dues, and he made it happen. And Mike's one of those guys, and I have the
1: utmost respect for him. Yeah, awesome. Mike, I don't think there's a better, a better all-around um, worker in the ring, on the stick, um, in the training room. I mean, he's a hell of a trainer. Absolutely. Um, I'm just I'm – waiting, I'm waiting for Mike to, um, to hook up with somebody – uh, out here because he needs to open another school, he needs to train people. Um because he's he's tra- he trains guys properly where they're taught to respect the business and uh, you know it's that's that's the problem nowadays. A lot of these young kids um they they work the opening match, they pack up their gear, they ask for their envelope and they leave. They and don't I watch leave. the whole show.
4: No, you're absolutely right. And you know what's funny? I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Going back to Nashville a week ago, there are a million things that were right about the show and wrong about the show. I worked a gentleman by the name of Gary Valiant, uh, who is the son of Jimmy Valiant, the boogie-woogie man. He carried on his gimmick, carried on the name. Off-subject, he was a tag partner, of my one of my trainers early on, Rockin' Randy Ritchie in Memphis, and they ran the roads with Robert Fuller doing a gimmick called the Goon Squad, you know, in USWA. But regardless... I was talking with him and also Mischief, who was on the show, the NWA Women's Champion, and Lexi Fife, who she wrestled that night. All of us, those four people, we kind of congregated to one end of the locker room because I would say that we were the ones, along with Corey Williams and a couple of other guys that had worked Memphis forever, that were the veterans, quote-unquote, of the locker room, along with Reno Riggins, of course. And that's exactly what we brought up. There were a group of four or five guys that came in from rural Tennessee, worked the first and second match, and then immediately left. And we all mischief brought up. She said, you know, when I was trained and I was working for Harley Race, we didn't get paid till after the show. But more than that, it was flat disrespectful to leave before the last match. Unless you've got another booking that night or you've got a 12-hour drive that you've got to make a shot the next day or something extenuating like that. You stayed and you watched the show because that was how you learned as well. People don't do it now. Kids don't do it these days. These two kids walked in the locker room. I I was there. I was one of the first wrestlers there. Not by choice, mind you. It was humid and hot. But anyways, I was there early at the building. And these two kids walked in, and they were with the third guy. And the first two walked up, and they introduced themselves and shook my hand. And the third kid commenced to shake my hand without making eye contact, without so much as saying hello And walked past. And I said, what, you don't have a fucking name? And the two kids that had been polite enough to shake my hand and introduce themselves said, oh, he carries our bags. And I kind of chuckled and I walked away shaking my head thinking to myself, these guys have probably been in the business six months and they've got some kid carrying their bags. Something wrong with this. And not coincidentally they were two of the kids that up and left after their match as if they were important and had somewhere to be. It's just sad.
1: Unbelievable. Sad. Yeah, unbelievable. Couldn't unbelievable. believe it. I, and the thing is, these kids are going to continue to get booked because they'll, they'll do this for, you know, little to nothing. Of and, course. you know, and that's, that's the – I mean, promoters are in this business to make money. Not to yeah. fill your pockets, but to make money. Now, if you right. guys can agree on a price, and, and everybody, you know, everybody goes home semi happy, because you know, you're not always happy. And I'm not pointing to any promoter in general. I'm just saying that promoters are, you know, just by design, you know, they they want to make money, and then they have these 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 disrespectful young kids, or even in in L.A. now with uh, Gary Yap, he's using backyarders, and that's just yeah. not good unbelievable and it's just really upsetting because there's talent down there there's a shitload of talent and I mean there's a lot of guys that are are still growing down south that could fill those spots have five times the better match and would work for probably a, the same price or maybe even a little more but it, it's it's amazing how these, these I love to say it yard tards get booked and yeah. It's it's a shame that these fucking promoters bring these guys in. You know?
4: Yeah. Well, again, I mean that when you say the the word promoter, and you, and you mentioned Gary App, I don't think I even I could I could write a thesis on Gary App. And at the moment, I don't have any personal problem with Gary App. All of our all of our problems were squashed, monies were paid that were promised, etc. But I have a history with Gary App, and while it's saddening. And and maddening to hear that he's using backyarders, it ain't surprising, bro. It ain't surprising. I don't care. It, what do they say? You know, you can take uh, the the boy out of the out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the boy. It's the same with Gary. Gary will make ten strides and then roll backwards twenty. You know, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. So, And I know he's using backyarders, and it's unfortunate. And uh, I know there were problems with the building he was running. They had a good thing going for probably four or six shows, and then it got squashed. And, you know, it's just Gary. It's par for the course. It's par for the course. And, and uh, I just hope he's not ripping people off for money, you know. Again, if that is the case, <laughs> not surprising,
1: unfortunately. There you go. And the, the thing is, the, uh, the epic pro wrestling war, or whatever the hell you want to call it, um, they, have, they have some really good talent. You know, there's sure. some really good talent in the shows. Um, I don't agree with everything that they do, but there's some good stuff, but that's what you get anyway. Yeah, that's what you get at an indie show. You know, you're going to get something you like, something you don't, something you're on the fence about. <clears throat> but it, you know, it's a shame that they're not drawing anybody. You know, they, they fly in the necro-butcher, and they don't draw anything. They only draw friends and family, and, you know, and it it's lack of advertising and, quote-unquote, promoting. Um, right. Now, I think that, you know, Jesse Hernandez up there has a school, you know, in his promotion. I think that Jesse should should do a seminar for just promoters to teach them how yeah. to promote. You know, Jesse, whenever, I I, call I call Jesse, whenever I call Jesse on his cell, I'm all, hey, what's going on, boss? He's all, I'm out putting the flyers. All the time. That's all that he tells me when I call him. You know, and these people, they don't fly or they don't do shit.
4: No, they don't do anything. I'll tell you what. Jesse Hernandez, he's got got the Knights of Columbus Hall in Covina, California, that every three weeks to a month he's going to fill with 300 people, regardless of who's on the bill. And that is building a town and building a building. Now, he's to a point where he probably, if he wanted to make more money, should move to a bigger building. But he's loyal to the people he's been doing business with. He's not breaking fire code yet. He has turned away crowds. He's he knows how to promote that building. And you know what? He's he's confident in the fact that he knows he's got a place to run his wrestling show, he's got a place to train his students, and that it doesn't matter who it is. You know, seven, eight years ago it was Frankie Kazarian on top, and now who is it? Brandon Nitro. It doesn't matter. It's gonna be a new guy in five years, but he's still gonna have that same crowd in Covina. It's like a family tradition. And uh, that's a model that a lot of promoters, a lot, meaning all, could follow. Find a building, build it, do it right, make some business relationships. Doesn't matter what size of the building. It's no different than Marquez, no different than David Marquez, and the buildings that we're going back to the, the Dodge Arena in Hidalgo, Texas, at the end of July. It seats about five or six thousand. It's the same thing. Business relationships, forge it, make a make a concerted effort to to have a relationship with the the TV and the radio and the newspaper outlets in your area. Get them on your side. Give them incentive to work with you, and then watch it happen. If you do it right, it will work, period.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, you you hear about these these veteran workers that that will come to a promotion and they would run seminars, and, you know, like this weekend up in the Seattle area, the Honky Tonk Man will be doing a two-hour seminar, Um, and it's not just in-the-ring stuff. You know, they're inviting – they invite workers and fans even to come and listen to the honky-tonk man. Just sit there and talk. And it, I think that, that Jesse – I don't even think that it should even be done so much for the money. I think that it, it's time to have, you know, a sit-down uh, a board meeting of some type with promoters and have Jesse teach these guys because, you know, the boys deserve it. Yeah. You know, the ones that go out there and work every weekend, you know, that are out in the gym and, you know, training and whatnot, they deserve it. And it's not fair because it's not their fault that they go to a building and the show draws th- uh, 30 people. It's not their fault. Right. It- it's really not fair, and then they get fucked on the payoff. Yeah, absolutely. You know? But enough of the negative shit. Jeez. Well, we know that... um. Saturday, you have a title defense against Scorpio Sky, which that's right is going to be a knockdown drag out. That's going to be fun stuff. And I'm looking
4: forward was... to it. We've never we've never wrestled before, and we've never been in the same match. So I'm excited for it. I really am, and I don't get excited much anymore, <laughs> to be honest with you. But I'm excited because I think it's a test. I think physically he matches up well. I think athletically he's he's above and beyond what I would even hope to be able to do. And so I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, I had him. I had him on the show the first time, and you know we were discussing what, you know, if I could have bring in anybody for a show up here, for he can bring in anybody, in, and you were his pick. And this was before he knew he was booked for the show SoCal Pro this Saturday, but he didn't right. know that Jeff Dino was putting him with you, and he mentioned well, you. Well, well, don't tell him way. this. Yeah,
4: don't don't tell Scorpio this, but when I, and I keep in contact, contract, contract, if I could talk for Christ's sake, in contact with Jeff when I have available dates, because, you know, for all intents and purposes, I'm local to his shows. It's only you know, a 35 or 40 minute drive for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm not booked out of state or whatever, you know, I, I say, hey, you know, I'm available. What dates you got? Or he'll shoot me his dates and I'll say, I'm good for this one, not for this one. And he asked me, who would you like to work with? And I said... Why don't you see if you can't get Scorpio
1: Sky? So don't tell Scorp I said that, but I requested it, and that's a shoot. Wow! <laughs> awesome! I cannot wait for that DVD to get in my mailbox. You know, I, I wish I could fly down, but I have—it's uh, my wife's birthday this weekend, so I—I I can't. Yeah, uh, more important things. I, yeah, I, take care of that. Well, we're gonna—we're gonna get that DVD. That DVD is gonna be pushed heavily. Um, actually, you know what? Uh, since we're shooting, I'm gonna be honest. I've been. I've been pushing all shows from SoCal Pro this year. Um, not just you—you've you, been doing your thing, you know. I, I still stand firm that uh, your match with Ricky Mandel was the So uh, Southern California match of the year. That's just my personal opinion. But you have been tearing it up in those rings. Um, but also, there are others. Uh, you've been in there with SoCal Crazy. Um, sure, absolutely. The second time. Um, let's talk about the. Uh, the second match that you had at the anniversary show. Okay. What'd you think of it compared to the first well, one? um,
4: I think you know, anytime you wrestle a guy, you're gonna get familiar with his style. The more times you work with him, I think SoCal Crazy is one of those guys who's kind of an untapped talent. And it's funny you brought him up because I had an email from him. I sent him an email probably two weeks ago, because I think there's opportunities for him to work outside of Southern California. And and not just outside of Southern California, but outside of the Lucha circuit in Southern California. Um, I do a lot of work in Texas and Oklahoma and and Louisiana, and I think that he would be getting over in front of larger crowds in those areas probably tenfold in comparison to what he does in Southern California. Uh, As I've talked to him before, and I'll talk to him tomorrow, I think that maybe – he, he he's he's not green in the in the business necessarily, but I think that maybe we need to tweak certain things uh, to 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 get him out of out of the uh, the stigma that you know he's a regional San Diego guy. And one of those things I think would be to kind of tweak the name SoCal Crazy. It just it relegates him to Southern California. And I've I've mentioned him to promoters, and the first thing they always say to me is, "What's with that name?" And you don't want that reaction. So I'm going to talk to him on Saturday and see if, you know, he wants to do something else. Or if he's steadfast and wants to be SoCal crazy and make his name as SoCal crazy, then God bless him. And these promoters are just going to to have to get over it. Because, again, he's one of those untapped talent. All he needs is a break, get out there. And I think that he has potential to make some money, get in the gym, uh, work on his physique a little bit. The talent's there. The wrestling talent's absolutely there 100%. And uh, you couldn't ask for an easier guy to deal with in the back. He's super professional. He's on task. He's on time. Uh, You don't don't have any problems with ego with him at all. And in this business today, I mean, that's you know the worst thing you want to hear is I I, I don't want to put him over. Well, then get the fuck out of the locker room. You know, period.
1: There you go. There's there's no place for you. Excuse me. Ooh, kayfabe, kayfabe. There, Jesus. (laughs) Pardon me. (laughs) SoCal crazy. I haven't had honestly I haven't had the stones to tell him, you know, hey man, we may ne- need to do something about the name. You know, it it is really, you know, regional and um, we're working on getting him up here. So we're we're trying to get him up here somehow some way. And um me I, you know, I told him. I said him. I told him I said I said, take you to Houston, Texas and
4: put you in front of 4,000 people. You're gonna lose your mind.
1: Absolutely for him.
4: Not even no no question. There's no question in my mind. So yeah, now, we'll talk more on Saturday with him because I think <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't say loud enough. Plenty of potential. Absolutely. And a hell of a nice guy.
1: Yeah. Exactly. I, I've never heard anybody say a bad word about SoCal. I have never yeah. heard it. You know, and he just gives and gives and gives, whether it's in the ring. In the locker room, training. I mean, he just you know he'll work out with anybody, and you know he's and he's humble. He is absolutely. Humble. You know he shits humble pie. He is that humble. That's why he, he's how the boys should be. He's how the boys
4: should be.
0: Period.
1: Exactly. Exactly. He's uh, he's one of the few that that I consider a friend, and that I don't have a problem with distributing his DVDs to promoters that I know because yeah, absolutely. I feel that he deserves to work like Ricky Mandel I have a DVD I put together of Ricky and your match w- with him is on there um, and I've been distributing to promoters up here same as uh, Chimera um, I don't know if yeah, you've sure. had a chance to actually walk yeah. have you ever gotten in the ring with Chimera?
4: No, I haven't yet I haven't I anticipate probably I will You know, as, as long as uh, Jeff Dino keeps putting on shows he's going to need baby faces for me to wrestle so yeah, he's another one. You know, I just think I think a lot of these guys. What it, what it comes down to is you got to put them in the ring with the right guy, because mm-hmm. when when the young guys wrestle young guys, sometimes it it can. And I don't mean any disrespect to anybody when I say this, but they'll understand it. It's like the blind leading the blind. Okay. And that doesn't mean that they don't know what they're doing. It just means that they don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. If you follow me. Oh, yeah. And uh, Chimera is a perfect example. I've seen him, and, and he would tell you this I've seen him wrestle guys and have an absolutely terrible wrestling match. But the next time out, it's better. And then the next time out, it's even better. And it goes on. But if you put Chimera in there with someone who's been working for six, seven, eight, ten years, who's going to know what to do with him to make him look as good as possible, all of a sudden it clicks. And now he understands what he should be doing to have a better match. And pretty soon everybody's having better matches, which leads to better shows, which leads to better crowds, which leads to better paydays. And then we're all happy. <laughs> you know what there I'm saying? It sounds like a simple formula, but that's it. You know, that's it. So, yeah, I mean. Hey, Mira, I, uh,
1: he's ready. He, he, him and SoCal are, are ready to break out. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. What do you think of taking them taking that match to Texas?
4: I think you take that match to Texas. I, you know what? Maybe not even that match, but those two talents. If 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 I had my druthers, I would take those two talents to Texas, put them in front of a predominantly Hispanic crowd in the ring with with two guys who who can lead them, and then watch the magic happen mm. because it's perfect. I you know who I'd put I'd, I'd put. Uh, I could put either one of them. I'd put him in there with T J Perkins probably, whether or not he's wearing a oh, hood yeah. or not. And
1: Well, you put per- you put one in with T J Perkins, you put the other one in with Puma. Perfect. Done. There it is. <laughs> absolutely. It'd be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Be absolutely perfect. T.J.'s mm-hmm. awesome.
4: T J's one of the best wrestlers in the world, period. I don't care what anybody says. I love T J Perkins. <laughs> I wrestled him a couple weeks ago in in uh in LA. And the ring broke, and no, it's not because I'm too fat, but the ring broke. I'm, we're running the spots, and I hit the rope, and, went, and the ring was sounding weird all night. And this was the same ring that we used for the showcase TV tapings in Vegas. So it's a good ring, but it wasn't sounding right. I don't know if they had a cable wrong or they didn't, you know, didn't tighten something enough. Well, what ended up happening is one of the turnbuckle cables under the ring that holds the post upright snapped when I hit the ropes and I went ass over teakettle over the top rope to the floor and looking at it, not landed on my head. Um, so we had to wrestle the rest of the match, me and TJ, with no ropes, which he's been wanting to have a no-ropes match, like legitimately with no ropes, like 1930 no ropes. Wow. And the ropes break, and we go on, and, and he had me at home, and I said, well, I guess you get your no-ropes match, you know. <laughs> and he kind of chuckled, and, and we went to probably another 12 or 15 minutes with no ropes. It was fun. It was fun. Tremendous. But TJ's one of those guys, that, I mean, I could wrestle with T.J. for an hour and not have to call anything. It would be beautiful. Now, yeah.
1: that that match in L.A., um, was he the baby? He was. Yep.
4: Okay. Well, come on, you knew that.
1: <laughs> well, you know, he's he's tightening up that heel stuff in Gorilla. Yeah, yeah, so... no, he likes it.
4: He uh, he pitched to me doing a tag. He wanted to tag with Scott Laws as a heel tag team on the showcase shows. Mm-hmm. And and that was something that was in the works prior to us taking this little hiatus uh, from Colors TV, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised down the line to see to see him in that role because uh, uh, he, he's I don't want to call him a prick because he's not a prick, but he can be and it's believable,
1: mm-hmm.
4: and uh, and he wants to do it so you know who am I
1: to say no? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. He's a uh, tremendous talent. Um, you know, to be honest, I really didn't like T.J. You know, I, I preferred the Puma character, but now, you know that he's he's doing learning the heel stuff and, and doing his thing with uh, Hook, Bomberry, and Gorilla. You know, I, I'm really starting, you know, turning me on to him. You know, and you know, yeah, and, he, uh, you know well, he's turning the corner.
4: One of the knocks on TJ, you know, not Puma or any of the other 10 million gimmicks he's ever done, but the knock on TJ Perkins has been a lack of personality. And that it and that it seems like he's kind of just going through the motions like it's a paint-by-numbers match. I think TJ is one of those savants, dare, if I even dare use that word when I'm talking about wrestling. But I, I really do believe that TJ is one of those wrestling geniuses that is just simply easier for him than it is for everybody else. And because of that, he gets bored. And I think that, unfortunately, in some matches, that translates to the crowd, that they can see that in him. And then he gets a reputation for kind of just mailing it in or not having any emotional connection to his matches or having a personality when the reality is T.J. loves professional wrestling probably more than all of us combined. And he wants nothing more than to put on the best athletic match in addition to the most entertaining match that he can. So again, and like I have told him, T.J. Perkins versus random heel wrestler Maybe doesn't do it for him, but if you put TJ as a babyface in there with a stronger personality as the heel, not the two-mine horn, but me, the crowd will get behind him, and then he feeds off of that, and then the personality naturally comes out, and then it's perfect. As a heel, as a heel he, he, he seems to be able to do that without having someone kind of nudge him in that direction, and that's good, too. That's
1: Well, it's good to see that um, the NWA has has put a little steam behind him. He has the Heritage title. Yeah, he sure does. He won that Battle Royal. Um, I didn't hear, you know, who was in it, but who did he chuck out to win, do you know? I think it was Scott Lost, actually. Oh, wow, really? I remember watching, I think it was Scott Lost. And that
4: was one of those weird Battle Royals because uh, the Battle Royal was the main event of the show, which went on after me and TJ. And the Mm -hmm. ring, they, they... they were trying to repair it after our match, before the Battle Royal. Now, as you can imagine, the ring is shoddy, the cable snapped, uh, there's no really no support. Now we're going to f- put 15 or 20 guys in it? <laughs> so everybody was kind of looking around and, and saying, oh shit, are we really going to do this Battle Royal? And it came off. I didn't dare get near the ring. I wasn't going back in there. I broke the damn thing. I wasn't getting in it again. Um but yeah, no, I think it was T.J. eliminated Scott lost and it was it was I thought it was the perfect way to end that show because the people were there 100% behind T.J. by the end of that Battle Royale. And it was it was perfect.
1: It was money. Cool. Did they uh did he do anything after? Any interaction with Scott and him? Uh I don't think they did anything okay. on that show. Um no, as a matter of fact, they didn't. Um
4: Johnny and the promoter but, and people who've been watching Gorilla will recognize that name. Johnny is the ring announcer for Pro and Gorilla, or has been mm-hmm. for a long time. Uh, he was a promoter of the show, and, I, and it was a uh, it was a benefit for that high school. It was, uh, and now the name's escaping me. You know, Santa Ana High School, Santa Ana High School. So it was kind of, hey, let's get the ring out of here before we screw up the basketball floor type of thing. Mm-hmm. So, put the show on, and the the, uh, the cheerleading squad, and the basketball team, uh, and the wrestling team. I think they sold all their their crafts and their concessions, and they made their money, and that was it was get the you know six matches and get out type of thing. Tremendous, <clears throat> Tremendous.
1: yeah, yep. <clears throat> so uh, after Saturday, uh, what do you have coming up? Or actually, do you have anything going on Friday? Or is it a travel no. day for
4: you? Uh, this coming Friday? No, I'm I'm fine. I got nothing. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it easy. I'm gonna hang out with my little boy, and then uh, Saturday I'll. I'll tie up with Scorpio and do what we do, and then on Sunday I'm going to take my boy to the ballgame and uh, and relax. And then uh, the week after that is, a, is a Ring of Honor weekend. I've got uh, title versus title, winner take all, ROH World title versus the NWA World title against Nigel McGuinness in Dayton, Ohio. And, okay, uh, I've
1: I've gone on the record, Adam, that that match, there will not be a winner. You're going to go an hour, and it's going to be the Wrestling Observers, Match of the year, and that's just by judging what I've seen of you and Nigel, and I think that you guys are gonna tear the roof off that fucking building. Those fans aren't gonna haven't seen nothing like what you're gonna do since Joe and Punk, and that's that's the truth, and that's a shoot. And I'm not I'm not saying that because you're on the show. That's just the honest truth. You guys are gonna tear the fucking roof off.
4: Well, I would be. First of all, I appreciate it, but second, but Realistically, if Meltzer had anything positive to say about me, I'd be surprised. Number one. Um, number two, the the Ring of Honor fans, the the uh, how do I say it? The uh, the fine patrons of Ring of Honor, in particular those that frequent their message board, and that's all they do. They think this is going to be a terrible match because I'm in it. But we're talking about armchair wrestling experts that simply have no concept of what a heel is supposed to be. Um, I'm looking forward to it, because I think Nigel is is a hell of a talent. We've wrestled on a couple of occasions, but never in a singles contest. So I'm looking forward to it from from that perspective. Um, I also like that it stirred shit up. You know, you've got the, the hardcore Smart Mark scene on the Internet wondering why Ring of Honor would have anything to do with the NWA. But they don't realize that it's just good for everybody's business. And you know what? If if Harley Race and Bruno Sammartino, the NWA and the WWWF champion at that time, could have a unification match, if Kerry Von Erich and Jerry Lawler, the world-class and AWA champion, if Ric Flair and Bob Backlund could have these matches, why can't this happen today? Why can't this happen today? Sure, maybe the NWA title doesn't mean what it did 30 years ago. Wrestling has changed. Ring of Honor has been around six years. It's the new and up-and-coming and and, and popular wrestling promotion out there now. This is the perfect opportunity to do something like this, and it'll be covered by all the websites. It'll be in the magazines. I did an interview with Stu Sacks of Pro Illustrated about this specifically. So it means something. And uh, it's it's def- it's given me a new purpose in Ring of Honor. I'm very happy that uh, Larry Sweeney, my super agent, has negotiated for them to, to finally give me my due and recognize the NWA world title. Because it needs recognition. It deserves it. It deserves it. And... Uh, the 27th in Dayton, it's going, to be, it's going to be one for the ages. I, I, uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm looking forward to it. Then the next night in Chicago on the 28th, I'm tagging with a mystery partner led to the ring by Larry Sweeney, Sweet & Sour Associates, against Brent Albright, who, if you don't know, has uh, been a thorn in my side for probably six months now in the NWA scene, but also in Philadelphia on the 7th when I unveiled the NWA world title out of my briefcase I laid it upside his dome and left him lane in Philly. So he's going to be tagging with Roderick Strong, and we're going to tear it up. See, I've got the one-up on them because they don't know who my tag partner is. So that's a beautiful thing as well. That's a beautiful thing as well.
0: Wow! And then it rolls on, man. Pretty busy, brother.
4: (laughs) Yeah, pretty busy. And then it rolls on, 4th of July, the weekend after that. And I haven't decided if I'm going to be in Hawaii or in Pittsburgh, and that depends on the promoters. And if neither one of them come through then I'll just stay home and take my kid to see the fireworks and relax and uh and go from there. And I'm supposed to be in Peru July twelfth and thirteenth. Uh yeah, I said Peru of all places, defending against Scott Hall. So that oh, should be interesting. Geez. Yeah, that's, that's pretty odd. random. Yeah, that's <laughs> random. Um after that, what do I got coming up? I don't have my calendar in front of me. Um the end of the month in July. I know I'm doing Houston and McAllen, Texas for the NWA again on showcase shows and arenas, and and uh, and then after that it's it's uh, New York City on the uh, August 2nd for Ring of Honor at the uh, at the Hammerstein. So and I I didn't work the first Hammerstein event, so I'm gonna be excited to be uh, there for that. That should be great. And, and the wow. beat rolls on, brother. It just goes. There it is.
1: Well, yeah. the promoters out there, you know, that are listening. Um, or fans, even if you'd like to contact Adam, um, how could uh, the people go about contacting you, sir?
4: The the email address and it's out there. If you if you find my website and know it's never updated, and yeah, that's because I'm in charge of it and I just simply don't have time. The email address scrapdaddy74 at hotmail dot com. Um, if you if you can't remember that nwa wrestling dot com. I'm sure if you click the contact tab there, that someone could point you in the right direction. If you want to contact Rubber Guard Radio and, and ask you know for contact information, you've got my permission to give it out. You've got my email. You've got my, my phone number, whatever, whatever. So promoters out there, Gabe Ramirez, I'm talking and pointing at you as I speak. I'm waiting. Uh, let me know, man. I'm, I'm ready, willing, and able uh, and excited. I think professional wrestling in this country is, is, uh, is ready for a renaissance, and
1: uh, I just want to be a part of it. Awesome. Champ, thanks for your time. Hopefully, well, you know what, the, the hell with hopefully. I know you and Scorpio are going to tear it down this Saturday. Um, hopefully, you know, you guys pack some asses in those seats, you know, because Jeff Dino, with the product that he puts on, you know, those anal retentive assholes up in L.A. need to drive on down and at least check out the product. You know, so yeah, that does not end in L.A. It, <laughs> no, see, and that's, uh, that always pisses
4: me off, too. Number one, L.A. is a dump. Okay, realistically, if you've been to San Diego and then you've been to L.A., you know that L.A. is a dump. And we're talking two hours, bro, down the 5 freeway. What's the problem? Plenty of fans from San Diego County go up and see Gorilla, go up and see Bart at AWS, go see all kinds of shows. The the traffic never seems to run both ways. Now, that's probably a good thing in in retrospect, now that I say that, because I don't know if we want all the L.A. riffraff down here in San Diego, but... For, for occasions like this, where else are you going to see this match? Where else are you going right. to see Scorp- Scorpio Sky and Adam Pearce? I don't know where else you're going to see it, but you will see it on Saturday in Oceanside for SoCal Pro. There it is. Oh. All
1: right, champ. Well, i got to get rolling, man. We're uh, over the two-hour mark, and I still need to run down the uh, SoCal Pro Wrestling lineup for this weekend. So, uh, once again, thank you for calling in. It was my pleasure. It's always fun, Adam, and uh, you have a nice weekend and, and be safe.
4: Brother, anytime, anytime, I really do mean that, and uh,
1: God bless you. All right, you too, brother. You take it easy now. Hey, take care, man. All right, that was the NWA World Heavyweight Champion, Scrap Iron Adam Pierce. Oh, why? What, what, what more can I say? Whew. All right, SoCal Pro Wrestling presents lucky number 13. This Saturday, June 21st, at the Oceanside Boys and Girls Club, 401 Country Club Lane, Oceanside, California, 92054. Adults, $15. Kids, $10. Doors open at 6 p.m. sharp, and the show will begin at 7 o'clock. Jeff Dino, for some odd reason, is never late. He starts on time at 7 all the time. Uh, Let's run down the lineup here. We have in tag team action... We have Cool Imagery, which is Ricky Mandel and Hector Canales. They'll be taking on the Cutler Brothers. Um, the Cutler Brothers are just on fire. Uh, they're just making a name for themselves all over SoCal. And, you know, they're just tearing it up. We have, a, we have SoCal Crazy taking on TNT's mystery opponent. Um, SoCal Crazy has to run TNT's gauntlet to get another shot at Jason Redondo. So the first, first opponent, we'll find out, will be this, uh, this coming Saturday. For the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, we have the champion, Scrap Iron Adam Pierce defending against Scorpio Sky, which should be one hell of a match. Um, and, this, and we have the Ballard Brothers, who are, you know, geez, Ballard Brothers. That's all you have to say. They'll be taking on Johnny Goodtime and Evangelic. Um, these teams have had, you know, pretty good matches in the past. It should be a really good, uh, tag team match. And the main event for the SoCal Pro Heavyweight Championship, the champion with his manager, TNT, Jason Redondo, will be defending the title against San Diego Lions Den veteran. Um, geez, this guy's been around all over and, you know, done pretty much anything, you know, in the San Diego area. Um, Mr. Tommy Wilson. Uh, Tommy is making his his return here, and this should be pretty good stuff. Uh, Redondo, you know, he's a fighting champion. He's not, you know, sitting back on his laurels. But uh, once again, uh, this is this Saturday, June 21st, at the Oceanside Boys and Girls Club, 401 Country Club Lane, Oceanside, California, 92054. Uh, you can get more information at SoCalProWrestling.com. That'll do it. Uh, This is another episode of Rubber Guard Radio. Um, This show is brought to you by our sponsors, WrestleWarehouse.com, Lucha Libre masks, DVDs, uh, WWE swag. You can also get SoCal Pro DVDs there. Uh, I highly recommend any show from 2008. Um, Adam Pearce has been on fire. Um, Also, SoCal Crazy and Chimera, Ricky Ricky Mandel, uh, The Ballards. I, I can't say enough about the product, and I'm not just putting it over because Jeff's a, a close friend of mine. Uh, it's good stuff, I enjoy watching the product. Um, and our other sponsor would be uh, fogcitywrestling.com. Uh, Fog City will be debuting in a new building on July 5th, uh, the Kizar Pavilion up here in San Francisco, off of Hate Street. They're bringing in uh, let me see, they have, I don't have the line up in front of me, but they have the Tonga Kid, they have Olafa the Samoan Tank, who's one big fool. That's a big brother right there. Um, Rikishi, as well, uh, will have the Reno Scum, which is always fun. Uh, Dylan Drake, Shooter Tony Jones, um, Big Baby Slim will be in the house. Uh, Superfly Jimmy Snooker and Nick Bachwinkle will be in the house signing autographs. Uh, come on out. I'll be the gentleman wearing the Rubber Guard Radio T-shirt and say, what's up to Casey? Um Also, I'd like to throw out a quick plug to a Figure Four Weekly, or F4WOnline.com, which is merged with the Wrestling Observer, um, $9.99 a month. Uh, you get all the audio content on the Figure Four site, which is just awesome as it is. It's well worth the 10 bucks. And also you get the Figure Four weekly newsletter, and now you can get the Wrestling Observer newsletter online. You get those two, mess- two uh, newsletters. You get all the radio shows. You get the... Uh, archives, you get all kinds of stuff, Wrestling Observer archives, uh, audio show archives, uh, the message board, you know, what's up, fellas, um, 10 bucks, dude, you cannot go wrong, and if you get it for more than, you know, three, six, you know, a year, the, the price will go down, but, you know, I can't say enough, um, and then, once again, uh, this Saturday, actually, we'll go up this Friday in Portland at the Sandy Bar Flea Market. Buddy Wayne will be in the house with the Honky Tonk Man. And the next night in Tulalip, Washington, which is, I think it's Marysville or something like that, but Tulalip, uh, Tulalip Chan- Championship Wrestling will be having the Honky Tonk Man on the bill. Um, before that, from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., the Honky Tonk Man will be putting on a two hour uh, wrestling seminar. It's $50. Um, you don't have to be a worker, you can be a fan. Uh, Worker, what not, go in and, and sit under the learning tree of one of the all time greats, uh, the Honky Tonk Man. Um, for more information on this event, uh, that would be Buddy Um Also, if you'd like to train to be a professional wrestler, um, you know Buddy Wayne's one of the best schools in the country. You have um, also the Lance Storm Wrestling Academy, Storm Wrestling uh, EWF, or Empire Wrestling Federation.com. Jesse Hernandez, Uh, there's some guys out there that could get you trained properly. Uh, That'll do it. We'll be back on the 24th, which is this Tuesday, with uh, my wife's personal favorite wrestler, Al Snow. So keep your eyes and ears out for you guys, and I will talk to you guys on Tuesday.